Uh, hey, all right, y'all, I survived Monday. And it's now Tuesday the 9th of August. For those of you listening or watching live, the Robert Scott Bell Show is about to begin. 1776 forever free. We got Dr. Cordy Lee Williams coming back on. Hashtag Megaphone Marine. And uh, he ran, he was running for Senate. I, I haven't talked with him in a while. and I'm anxious to hear how his foray into politics went. I'm sure he's still having to use Brillo pads to scrub off all the politics from him, you know, that people were throwing at him. Anyway, we'll find out about that with Cordy. He's an amazing chiropractor as well. Uh, first hour, though, we've got a Ph.D. researcher, Canadian. We love Canadians. Jessica Rose. And, you know, I, I, I didn't know I established this new rule on the Robert Scott Bell Show for Ph.D.s to join us. They have to be surfers as well as Ph.D.s because those are the only ones that are worth talking to for the most part. Now, OK, I know. I know. All right. A little exaggeration, but I love the fact that she is a surfer as well. And uh, we're going to have a good time talking with her, not only about the VARES database, but a whole lot of other things. She, she can roll with it. Uh, so that's going to be happening. Uh, good news on the parental and child front. In terms of that six-month to five-year emergency use authorization COVID jab, very few parents are actually getting those jabs for those kids. And so we're going to open with that today and see uh, see where we go from there. So tell your friends the Robert Scott Bell Show is about to begin. RobertScottBell.com slash listen. Join us in the chat room, and we'll bring that power to heal back where it belongs with each and every one of you right about now. The Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. Did I mention garden pictures? Oh, we got garden pictures galore. Even more from Super Don today as well. And that's the happy uplift of the many things we have to cover. When we get back into the garden, play in the dirt, get that stuff under our fingernails, and just feel the joy of that soil microbiome as you inhale it. With no mask! Oh my gosh, the world is coming to a beginning. Yes, here we go. The beginning of the Robert Scott Bell Show today. As I mentioned, we're going to have a, a new guest, first-time guest, uh, Dr. Jessica Rose, PhD. Looking forward to that, talking about the VARES issue and many other things, as well as our two, a return of our good buddy, hashtag Megaphone Marine, hashtag 1776 Forever Free, Dr. Cordy Lee Williams. Uh, I, I mentioned yesterday it was a rough day coming off of the trip, which was a great trip to Pittsburgh, the education event with Dr. Judy Mikovits, Tracy Straub, Dr. Len Brankowitz, pharmacist, as well as uh, Jamie Dorley and the crew at Nutritional Frontiers. It really was amazing, but you put a lot out for that event and the travel and everything. By the time yesterday hit, I was like, I got a function? Really? You're asking a lot of me. Somehow, <laughs> we did an okay show. And I think if you, if you missed any of it, particularly the first hour was interesting because I, I talked about transformation. The idea that you can transform. We're talking about human beings transform from whatever they were or whatever they did and see life anew and do it differently. It happens all the time, but oftentimes we limit others and we hold them to our belief about them or even their past and what they've done. And we've seen it. Uh, so I would just say, be open to providing a, a place and a space where people can change and you can support them in those things. Cause a lot of people are in the midst of a lot of fear. Some are breaking down, going the other way. Others are waking up in a good way, not in a hashtag woke way. So uh, be ready for that. Be open to that. And uh, don't try to hold them in their old ways when they're making attempts to be born anew in, like I say, consciousness. Uh, that's a big part of what we do here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Now, speaking of consciousness shifts, how about parents not cooperating with the FDA, the WHO, the WEF, the CDC, Fauci, and Gates, and Biden, and, and uh, who, who, who else you want to name? 
that promoted this agenda of mRNA injections for all ages, and particularly now six months to five years with the EUA that they authorized. Not full-on approval, even though if it were, you probably wouldn't take it anyway. But our first story, you can find it here at robertscottbell.com. And if you haven't gotten the newsletter from Superdon yet, text my initials RSB to 22828. Text RSB to 22828 to get plugged into the newsletter right away. Headline out of MSN, of all places, through the Wall Street Journal. Most parents say no to COVID-19 vaccines for toddlers. Any of you old enough to remember Nancy Reagan's just say no? Has she come back and people are listening? Just say no to COVID jabs for toddlers in particular. Uh, When we first covered this out of that Kaiser uh, survey, that basically was a shade over 80% of parents said they weren't interested in giving their kids the jab, even if the FDA says, yep, it's approved, it's authorized. And then when it came out, there was another article that claimed, well, that number had dropped up, well, 40%, only 40% were opposite. But I, I don't think that's true. I think it's closer to 80% or even more, maybe in the 90th percentile or higher. Why do I say that? Check out the numbers in this article. More than a month after the CDC recommended those jabs, about 17.4 million children victims ages six months to four years, that's about four to five percent of them have received a shot. Now, some of these parents ha- have two kids in that age range. And so you could say, yeah, let's just say it's there at four to five percent. Let's just go there. 95, 96 percent not cooperating. Think about that. that. That's unprecedented in the in the history since vaccination has become what we call the third rail of medical politics. Ignoring the history of the anti-vaxxer campaigns began shortly after Jenner started saying we could cut open the arms of victims and start shoving pus under their arms from, you know, cow udders resulting in sepsis and loss of limbs and even death. I mean, the anti-vaccine movement didn't start with Andy Wakefield. That's garbage. That's like people that don't know history. Go, oh, yeah, well, that was Andy Wakefield. It's like, what did he do? All he did as a pediatric enter- gastroenterologist was observe uh, a common, unusual feature. He called it iatrogenic enterocolitis. And yet in those children, he also found evidence of the specific strain of measles that they found only in the jab, the vaccine, so to speak. And yes, many of them also were diagnosed on the autism spectrum. Just need I remind you, he ne- for those of you in UK, you're listening on UK Health Radio, he never once said the vaccines definitely cause autism, even if we can argue that there's a lot of smoking guns there. But because he linked it just in an observational study that got published, John Walker Smith, the, the lead researcher, was exonerated from any wrongdoing, yet Wakefield didn't have the money or whatever inclination to keep fighting and just let it go. But that story has become myth- mythological. And many people that know Andy know he's not a villain at all. He's a great man of courage, of integrity, and of science. And he's doing a lot of film work right now in America, which we're, great- we're grateful to have him here. Sorry, it's your loss, UK. We got Andy Wakefield. But look at this. Can they blame Andy Wakefield on this? Is this an MMR uh, vaccine debacle? No. It's the observation that the COVID jabs have not only not been working in older people, but the adverse events are so real, they can't hide it, even as they pretend that the VAERS, the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, is not legitimate, it's not real, or anybody can do it, it's just made up. It's like, it's the basis for which they're supposed to, CDC, FDA, observe post-marketing, if you will, surveillance. What's going on? Back in the day, before the official VAERS 
was set up, I believe. This was uh, back in the swine flu debacle. It wasn't the swine flu debacle. It was the swine flu shot debacle of Gerald Ford's administration, what, 75, 76. A few people got injured. Guillaume Barre, paralysis, some died. More were injured and harmed by the vaccine than flu that year. And then they immediately withdrew it from the market. Of course, that should have been a warning sign to us all at that point that this flu shot nonsense should never, ever come back. But they came back and retooled it and marketed it. The sky is falling every year until COVID hit. And then suddenly it's like, where's the flu? The cure for flu was COVID, as you know. I mean, it's so patently unscientific, it's embarrassing. As I said, I've been embarrassed for doctors and and PhD level researchers, not the one we're going to have on today, but for most of the others that are just cowards and collectivists and molecular reductionists that can't see the proverbial immunological forest through the immunological trees to know that the even the antibody is not sufficient or necessary to prevent any given disease it's okay to have it i'm not a, i don't pick it against antibodies <laughs> but it's it's the wrong holy grail if there is one in immunology it's basically the function of every cell in the body Every living cell in the body, its function dependent upon what? Vitamins, minerals, trace minerals, fats, proteins, carbohydrates, all of these things that are basic essentials for life and the ability to remove the things that are either metabolic waste or now man-made environmental synthetic toxins. And that's overwhelming, again, even the mineral content that the body needs, the cells need to function. And then, of course, that exacerbates the mineral deficiencies that are there because the food doesn't have it. So we come back to this point and it, and then we, we get, whether parents are saying it or not, they don't believe that their child, their toddler has an MRNA injection deficiency syndrome or disease. And they feel that that jab is not viable, not needed, not necessarily not helpful, and maybe in fact more harmful. And of course, this is evidence of why the mainstream media, the legacy media that takes much of its income from the pharmaceutical industrial complex as far as advertising and uh, support through uh, uh, publications like, uh, what do you call those things? Public relations firms. They write stuff. They even videotape stuff, and it's B-roll on the evening news or the 24-hour news networks. So it's produced by the very manufacturers of the kill shots. Yeah, so you don't hear about it. Every once in a while, you'll have something like Tucker Carlson says, you're amazed. You're like, "How how how do they let him say that? But for the most part, the dominant programming like a black magic wand waved over your head for illusion to, to permeate your body is you cannot see reality anymore through the pharmaceutical fog. Yet these parents are not cooperating. Does it mean that 95, 96% of all parents in America are now anti-vaxxers? And if the definition is simply to have a question about the safety of one, like the COVID jab, much less any proof prior to that, then yeah, by definition, at least until they change it, We are a predominantly anti-vaccine nation now. Thanks to who and what? Yes, the WHO. Yes, the CDC. Yes, Anthony Fauci. And we can keep naming them. And I think that's a good thing. As we see physician after physician coming on over to where the water's warm and non-GMO and there's no glyphosate here on the Robert Scott Bell Show and other shows like mine that have pointed out the fallacy of believing you can bypass a million layers of immunity and inject toxic poisons, whether they be antigens as well, or adjuvants, or in the case of synthetic mRNA to reprogram DNA protein synthesis to produce abhorrent, perhaps deadly, dangerous and inflammatory spike proteins. 
And you wonder why these parents are having some questions, despite the fact all of the, the mainstream media, the government, everybody's saying, oh, the VAERS database is not reliable. Don't pay any attention to people that are claiming that they've gotten ill or they've had children killed. But now videos are leaking out of angry parents whose children have been killed or severely injured after being told by their doctor, their pharmacist, their nurse, whatever, that it's perfectly safe and effective. If there ever was, you know, we talk about mass hypnosis, an effective mass hypnotic campaign over decades, maybe generations now, it's those two words, safe and effective, safe and effective. And you're lulled into a state of passivity. It's like, well, they said it was safe and effective. They must be telling the truth. They're wearing a white lab coat. They have a stethoscope. They have an MD degree, right? I call it a degree because they have not been using the common sense God may have given them all those years ago, and they abandoned it to become, you know, degreed medical professionals. Again, with more and more exceptions to that rule, as we see these docs, even as they came about to realize the danger of mRNA injections, they still were like, well, I'm all in for all the other vaccines that we used to have, except they're not anymore. They're starting to look back on the entire paradigm and saying, was I lied to about that too? Yes, you were. Welcome to the club. And we're, we're happy to have you here. And with that, I don't know, Super Don, if you want to add anything to the mix on this particular story, you know how I just kind of go off in my own tangents and directions when I see these stories. There are certain percentages we can go into, but bottom line, if they're saying 4 to 5% have received the shot, uh, you know, that would indicate at least 95, 96% of parents uh, not cooperating with the vaccine paradigm as it exists, even though we argue that mRNA jabs are not actually vaccines by definition, but they change the definition. All right, by your silence, we're going to go forward and go into Jessica's universe. What is that? Jessica's universe? It's awesome. Dr. Jessica Rose is a surfer and a scientist, and uh, she's doing great work. And a lot of her work recently has been about the, the VAERS data analysis. And I want to hear her backstory, but I'm just excited to have her on the show. Welcome to the Robert Scott Bell Show, Dr. Jessica Rose. <laughs> Woo! And the crowd should go wild. <laughs> I'm thrilled to have you on. Again, we only talked for a few minutes before showtime, but I could tell right away uh, you were someone we could we could hang out with and have a good time here on the show or even surfing. Not that I'm a good surfer, but I'd love to. No, I could get you surfing. I used to teach for a while. Oh, awesome. Well, one day, one day. It's one of those things. I'm doing the yeah. mountain biking. I've done a little snowboard. Nah, man, more the skiing. But uh, I've done a little surfing, but I would say minuscule. Because if I see a three-foot foot wave, it looks really big and scary. So I'd, I'd have to gain confidence. I see a three-foot wave, I get really excited. Because I'm, I'm a long certain. Surfer, and that's about right. <laughs> yeah, awesome, awesome. Well, uh, yeah, I guess the backstory is in order. We've got you linked in the show notes. You're, uh, you also have a sub stack, and I've, I've just signed on for that too. Um, but were you always, a, you know, kind of a science nerd growing up that you, you knew you wanted to go into it to, to the PhD level, or was this something that came about in your teen years or your collegiate years? How did this history lead to today? Um, wow. No one asked me that before. Um, no, I, I was a punk and I, I played musical instruments and, and I didn't know anything about health and, um, uh, you know, it, it's just kind of life, uh, became like a surf session. I just kind of kept going and rode the wave as it came. Um, but, 
Yeah, I don't know. I guess it was all an accident, but it all worked out, I suppose. Hmm. A happy oh. accident then that, you, that you've gone this route, but it, it's interesting. You describe yourself as a punk and a musician, and I'm like... No, I, I was. I, yeah. I, that's who I was. I, I still I, am a punk. I just don't wear the clothes anymore. <laughs> but I think that makes... Honestly, we've got some examples of people who are like that that are the best scientists, like Kerry Mullis. We talked briefly about Kerry Mullis. He was a, a surfer, a philosopher. I mean... Um, and the scientists that I've engaged with that I really appreciate the most uh, all have a, a great sense of humor about them in the midst of the outlook on life, despite a lot of the attacks and barbs thrown at them because they actually engage in real science and not science uh, directed by economic interests only, for instance, or other corruption, corrupting forces, conflicts of interest, etc. So, I, again, I, I see that journey of yours, which is kind of an unusual journey, an unexpected one, perhaps has led to a place where you're speaking out and you're not afraid to do so. Yeah, I, I never really have been afraid um, of speaking my mind. Uh, but, you know, we're all growing. We're continuously, like, becoming more of who we really are, which is definitely uh, um, increased in speed over the past two years for me. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, just to answer your question, I started in applied mathematics because I couldn't get into the biology faculty because uh, they didn't think 3.8 out of 4 was high enough uh, as a GPA. So I, I went into math because I found math fun. Hmm. Um, took me a long time to get it because I, was, uh, I, I had to work my way through and pay for school myself. So I was also like full-time uh, waitstaff, waitress, mm -hmm. slash manager which probably was the best thing that ever happened to me. Like working as a working in the service industry was like the greatest gift of all. I, I, I learned more about who I am doing that than I think anything I've ever done. Uh, and it was because of the exchange with hungry people. You learn a lot about human beings that are hungry when you work in that environment. Yeah. <laughs> a lot about psychology. So. Seriously. And of course, if they're now the, the term I didn't know growing up is called hangry, right? Uh, if you're dealing with them as a server, that what I can test your your own metal. It's like how can how, how can I withstand and put up with this and still deal with it so I can get a tip. You I know, enjoyed that's an interesting it place. so much. I I just like it, it, it's kind of like I it, it's kind of I don't know what it is. I just really enjoyed giving people a really nice time because everyone's like usually going through a shitty day at some point during the day. <laughs> so it's like. When I, when I used to go out to dinner, it was always very special for me. And so I, I expect now after, especially after participating in the service industry and giving so much for 15 years, I expect to have a really good time. Mm. And that comes with being, um, with having someone give you that experience. It, it really is like that. Um, I take it very seriously. Like I take most things seriously, but uh, mm -hmm. Anyway, I, I finished my math degree, and that was all about the um, mathematical modeling of uh, like uh, viral pathogen uh, pathogenesis and kinetics and epidemiological modeling. And so I wanted to apply that because it's it was an applied math degree. So I wanted to actually do the application. Mm -hmm. So I uh, had a conversation with my dad, and he said, why don't you email some virologists and immunologists? 
So I was like, that's a really good idea. So I, I did, I, I emailed an HIV immunologist and he was so excited because I wrote a research proposal. And he said, I've never had anyone write a research proposal as, a, as an offer to, uh, to start a program before. So, so he, he brought me on right away. It, it was so hard, hardest three years of my life, but so rewarding. I got to do like uh, level three lab HIV blood work combined with um, mathematical, mathematical modeling work in the other world. So it was an interdisciplinary uh, project mm -hmm. uh, that ended up being an immunology degree in medicine. So, and then during that, I, I went to a conference in Ohio with all the HIV immunology gods, quote unquote, where I met the guy who became my principal investigator for my PhD overseas. And then I did a couple of postdocs that, that kind of had something to do with viruses and, uh, and uh, bacteria and proteins. So yeah, it, it kind of just rolled. That's why, you know, it was just, just like the, you catch a wave and you just kind of let it take you where it's going to go anyway. So it, it's, it's kind of a, been a nice evolution into I guess who I am and what I want to do. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, and now I'm here yeah. kind of as independent, uh, VAERS data analyst, the vaccine adverse event reporting system analyst. And I'm, I'm completely independent. I, I don't get paid. I don't mm -hmm. work for anyone, which is a beautiful thing. Well, the not They're, getting paid parts a bit, hard, not, not great, but the freedom to engage scientifically yeah. without, suppression of the interest of inquiry and, and you know, exactly. the basis for science. The, the allowance of the flow of ideas yeah. um, when you have a research question that you're really interested in asking. So mm -hmm. this is a part of the academic process, but the problem with academia itself, which is being revealed now, is that it's so constrained. And mm -hmm. even if you have this like burning research question inside of you that you really want to know the answer to, it's not likely that you're going to be able to solve that exact problem until you have a lab of your own. And then you're still not guaranteed because. Oh, no, you're going to have to have private funding. Right. Ultimately, we hear the greatest exactly. example of this is my friend, Peter Duisberg, who was the youngest member ever elected to the uh, National Academy of Sciences at the time. Uh, a brilliant young scientist who could do no wrong, never was turned down for a research grant. And the moment he entered into the controversial fray that maybe HIV wasn't the cause of AIDS, every research grant was was refused. The money yeah. dried up. And I wonder at what point in your maybe it was not until after you graduated, became independent or whatever, that you began to see the controversy of a lot of the investment in viral causation in terms of any disease manifestation, much less a long range uh, immune collapse that they call AIDS. Because Judy Mikovits PhD, has said that. In all of her work with HIV, she saw that HIV wasn't really the cause of AIDS. If it was, everybody that got it would get it. And the reality was it was the functioning or dysfunctioning immune system and all that related to that that would make an opportunistic, if you will, scenario occur. Uh, and, and it wouldn't necessarily be, well, it's because the HIV is like, well, how about all the rest of the lifestyle issues that collapse the immune system preceding it before there was such a thing as HIV or anybody thought of it? Yeah, I I have a very um, I don't know how to describe it. Um, HIV is my meat. Mm -hmm. I, I spent years and years and years uh, studying this virus, and I've been confronted with a lot of um, 
ideas uh, and theories mm -hmm. uh, surrounding it throughout these decades. It has been like two decades or something. Um, when I was, I was young, I was like mid twenties or something when I was doing my, my, uh, my HIV immunopathogenesis work. And so basically what I was doing was like, I was comparing the, the functional responses of the T cells, the CD8 positive T cells and the cytokines that they were producing in long-term non-progressors and, um, and, and the regular folk who, who were HIV positive. So a long-term non-progressor is somebody who doesn't really like their C CD4 positive T cell counts don't fall. Like mm -hmm. it, it does in the chronic phase of infection for most people. So this was what was most fascinating to me about this, um, about the disease pathology. It's like, what different my my question that burned was what's the difference between mm -hmm. this very few uh this small number of people who classifies a long-term non-progressor i think i had six or something out of a hundred and something mm -hmm. um what's the difference between them and the other guys well was that's the, the right question that uh, apparently was not allowed to be asked in reality because if you did you might look at the terrain and might look at well we might not have to attack and quote unquote kill something that isn't even alive in terms of retrovirus, et cetera. Uh, but it, it destroys, uh, you know, a fundamental intent, if you will, a profit off of a disease that the pharmaceutical industry has. That's not an accusation of you as a scientist. That's not what I'm saying. But we know the pharmaceutical horse blinders limit the question. The box is here. Don't ask questions outside that box because we don't like what we might have to find. That's why Duisburg was ostracized simply for being a good scientist and asking questions saying you haven't proven the hypothesis let's dig deeper. And they're like, no, 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 we're stuck. This is it. Margaret Heckler said so in 1984, probable cause. And every, every bit of money went into that and nothing else. But your question is the right question. Why not look at the people that don't succumb? Their immune systems don't collapse and say, that was all, all that was interesting to me. And yeah. I had the best supervisor. He's, he's still my friend. Uh, well, I hope he is. I haven't spoken to him in two years. <laughs> he didn't run you out on a rail when you started asking those questions. Then. I doubt he would because he knows who I am fundamentally. He knows mm -hmm. I'm a freak. He knows I'm a black sheep. He, he, he and I were friends. Like mm -hmm. he, we didn't agree on everything. We both love Slayer. We both love HIV immunology. But you know, he also knew that I was the person who uh, would come to the lab when when I was, you know ready to come to the lab and do my work. Mm -hmm. uh, I would be in the math lab all night, you know, for three days straight. And, you know, anyway, so we, he was amazing and he would have supported anything I wanted to do, but of mm -hmm. course it was only a three year program. And then, you know, I, I, I was done. So yeah. <laughs> that's the other thing about academia. It's like mm -hmm. chopped up into little bits. And mm -hmm. in my case, it's been very strange because every time I, I went to a new bit. It was a new field and maybe a new country. And <laughs> so, um, yeah, uh, th th there's this this whole reimmersion of the ideas surrounding um, immunodeficiency right now with mm -hmm. these uh, these mRNA shots, 
because the peer-reviewed literature is actually showing that they're causing immune deficiencies right. uh, yes. in the context of CD8 cells and uh, an interferon, et cetera. So, you, you've heard of the term now, vaccine-induced AIDS. That's never yeah, been said before. Yeah, yeah. yeah I have. Um, I wouldn't use that personally because mm -hmm. I, I don't like... Uh, an acquired immune deficiency syndrome is kind of already taken for the context of HIV. So, you know, it's, it's although, not right. Although Dr. Rose, you know, remember the, the, the era. And again, this may go back. I don't know how old you are, but I've been following this since, you know, 47. Okay. All right. So we're, we're not that far apart, but still the, you know, when we looked at uh, African AIDS versus AIDS in the, in the West and you know, how it manifested. And of course they, they, they couldn't test everybody. So they didn't even have to, they said, look, if you have one or two things on this list of 120, we, we assume it's AIDS, like the things that were killing Africans for hundreds, if not thousands of years. And the problem with the test that it was nonspecific and cross-reactive and relied on uh, subjective questionnaires after the test was given to determine false positive, false negative, real positive, real negative. I mean, it's fraught with, I think, a lot of patently unscientific assertions, even though you've gone deeper than I have in the PhD realm. I acknowledge that. But still, to have a test that has no actual standard, you can cross the border and take the test that means something else in another country. That doesn't mm. make sense to me still to this day. Yeah. <laughs> That's a problem. A test anymore. Sorry. Right. No, I know. It's a, t it's a test so demic, just like. Taken and abused. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> COVID is a test demic as well, because PCR, as Carrie Muller says, is not a proper technology to identify an acute or a chronic infectious agent, a cause of disease per se. And they've never done a double blind placebo controlled study on the analysis of these are the test results for all the people we say have COVID based on these tests at this level, at this uh, cycle count threshold, bl blinded. Now, show us your predictions of all these tests. What is this person dead? Is this person on ICU life support? Is this person asymptomatic? Is this person, you know, right? So where's that? Sorry, it was just a joke. Okay, I did. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, I apologize. I missed it, but um just like I said, I throw that out and I know you can roll with me on it and I appreciate your integrity there as well. Um, and we're not going to solve it today because I do, I do want to talk to you about the VARES issue because some of the things related to the VARES from uh, a pushback from the mainstream of we've got to protect what we are telling everybody to believe is that the VARES database, it's not reliable. Anybody can do it. That, you know, yeah, they're only saying that because it is reliable and mm -hmm. they, they have to debunk anything that is, uh, I, I know this sounds ridiculous, but they have to debunk anything that is remotely truthful right now. Mm -hmm. Because the only thing that me and, and the others are doing is talking about data and scientific papers that made it through the peer review process um, and case studies. And medical doctors are talking about what they're seeing on the ground. That's all we're doing. And apparently that's the, the worst thing to be afraid of right now. Um, and, and it always will be in the context of a lie. But the thing about lies is that they just compound and compound and roll and roll and roll. And they're never, ever, ever going to be any competition with the truth. They're not going to be. So, you know, we're, we're not weak. We're not, you know, pushovers. We're not cowards. We're not doing this for money. We're not incentivized by greed. So that's, that's another reason why we're, you know, the truth's going to win out because we can't not 
just say the truth because that's all there is. Um, so yeah, VARES is, it's a pharmacovigilance uh, tool, which is a government database owned by the CDC and the FDA. Uh, it's been on the go since 1990. And the worst part about it is the underreporting, which means that only a certain percentage of people who suffer adverse events in the context of pharmaceuticals or biologicals actually report their adverse event. 70% of the reports come from medical professionals. Uh, it's a highly vetted system. So fake reports are removed, duplicate reports are removed, and it is a federal crime to, to, uh, to submit a false VAERS report. So by no means is this something that you can debunk. It's, it's the US government. It doesn't get more serious than that. Well, up until recent times anyway. Um, and VAERS is showing the most atypical uh, activity that you can imagine right now. It's, it's not even, you don't even need statistics to analyze it. If you go back 30 years mm -hmm. and count all the adverse event reports in VAERS per year for all vaccines combined, you're going to find about 39,000 reports. And of those, it's about 155 deaths. 2021, get rid of all the other vaccines and count three, the, the adverse event reports for three, Moderna, Pfizer, and Janssen. And you get an 11,000% increase in death count, something we're, we're up to like 15,000 now or more. Um, don't quote me. I don't have my numbers in front of me. And we have over 1.2 million reports of adverse events in total. It's not comparable. No. And the, the variety of adverse event rep, uh, reports as per Medricodes, which is, you know, the, the name of the side effect that people report, mm -hmm. it used to be around 5,000 per year in the context of all the vaccines. And now it's over 14,000 different types of 25,000 possible types that you can list yes but what excuse can they give for this other than to say like you point out we must stop people from becoming aware that this adver adverse event reporting system if anything is underreported, as it's been analyzed over the years and, th and then they'll complain well more people now know about it because those darned anti-vaxxers are speaking out about vares and using it to dissuade people from getting jabs i mean this is a this is defense of a cult this is not science because this is observation. Science is observation and you don't want to observe what's happening and then figure out why and how it's connected. You refuse to acknowledge the reality of the only system that was actually set up in a broad perspective for FDA and CDC to monitor other than their own internals, which we don't even know if they're actually engaged in actually paying attention to this stuff. Yeah, so, the, and, and in, in addition to that, the WHO has always typically done a causality assessment. So somebody has been doing a cause-effect relationship assessment. Mm -hmm. The CDC, the FDA, or the WHO, or all three. They do this uh, using something called the Bradford Hill criteria. It's always been done. It's how we detected uh, the connection between the rotavirus vaccine in 1999 and into it's how we connected uh, death, potential death to the, the flu vaccine back in the day. There were like less than 50 deaths and a handful of kids who had intussusception. Mm -hmm. And these both comprised strong enough safety signals, according to the FDA and the CDC, to pull both of those products. So why is it, I'm just going to glance at my numbers here. 
-hmm. that we are currently at um, 1.2 million reports. And of those 33,000 reports of death, why, why are we there mm -hmm. without having established any, any, <laughs> like, I mean, they're not even able to answer a question. And by they, mm -hmm. I mean, Fauci and Walensky, they can't right. answer a question point blank asked in the presence of a senator, how many deaths are there reported to bears right now? There's not, there's no acknowledgement. Forget the people. Mm -hmm. The people in charge of the database are not acknowledging these reports. And these reports represent people, American citizens who are injured in temporal proximity to getting an injection mm -hmm. that they took in good faith to try and be healthy or to protect their loved ones. Mm -hmm. Think about that. The number one reported adverse event in VAERS, by the way, right now is COVID-19. So you can call it the ironic shot if you want to. Yeah. Initially, I called it a test-demic, but now it's a shot-demic because the jabs themselves are facilitating, as you pointed out, uh, uh, immune collapse of some kind or reduction in immune uh, response or vitality. Uh, and so we're dealing with something that is causing and calling on the medical class, if you will, whether it be MDs or PhD researchers, to begin to question a lot of what they just assume to be true, even though in, in scientists, scientists should not assume things, they should validate and verify them. But consensus science is more or less democracy and science. We vote 51% think this. So that's it. That's what it is, which is like so not scientific yet. That's become uh, the MO, if you will, in terms of maintaining a narrative here, which is why you are banned or censored and deplatformed, as are we on many things. In fact, this this discussion today, I would not be surprised if we get tagged for it. But we're not going to stop because every time they try to censor us or ban us, more people want to know what we're saying. So it's backfiring on them. That's the good news, even at, even though it's frustrating and you know, maddening. Which is, by the way, if any of you uh, trolls are watching right now, your strategy is really stupid. Yes, if you it just is. called me an anti-vaxxer like mm -hmm. you stupidly do and yeah. call Robert yeah. Malone an anti-vaxxer, even though he developed the mRNA tech, call Peter McCullough, board certified cardiologist, a, an anti-vaxxer, go ahead and do it. You know, say that we're crazy, say that what we're saying is, is ridiculous and ignore us and we'll go away. Like seriously, your strategy is bad. No, it's the only more calling more attention to us. Exactly, it's human nature, we're curious beings. Like people will want to know what I'm saying more. The more videos you steal from my YouTube channel, and I'm saying that specifically right now because I had another one taken down today. And I know that they're, they're, they're gonna be removing my YouTube channel. All I ever post are surfing videos, like great, fun, athletic, you know, health, energy, and uh and educational videos science videos that's all i ever post i don't ask for money i don't um i don't promote pillows i don't sell anything i just i want people to know and and i like sharing my surfing videos because one day i'm gonna be old and not able to surf so <laughs> well, it's not, nice not anytime soon i can tell with what you're doing uh, <laughs> so we are at a, a place where um, who are we preaching to, if we will? I mean, uh, uh, to some degree, of course, the people that Anybody have found you. who wants to listen. Yeah. I, 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 you know, I'm very empathetic 
uh, and I very, I'm very empathetic because I think I've been a lot of different kinds of people as I've grown up. Uh, I mean, er everyone can relate to this. I think e each decade that you pass through is like a completely different you. <laughs> and uh, so like, just for an example, I mean, even two and a half years ago, uh, I was so pro vaccine. I even made a video on YouTube. Uh, you know, I made a series of seven uh, educational videos on this subject. And and now because of what I've learned, what I've heard people say, what I've seen, what I've read, mm -hmm. um, I will never, ever, ever get uh, injected with anything again in my entire life. I, I'd rather just let my immune system do its job. That's yeah. how I feel right now. Well, and that's and what, uh, you know, even Peter McCullough has come to that conclusion. I don't know if Robert Malone as well, probably, but these are people that were all in, all in, just like yourself. Um, well, I would. Robert Malone is one of the people who developed the technology. It's not that he was all in. This was, he's like the guy who's at the top of the hierarchy of, of, of all of this stuff. He's like one of the people I would have like gone to a conference to listen to. You know what I mean? It's like, and Peter McCullough is like, he's, he's one. If I needed someone to save my life, I would ask him to do it. Put it that way. Like I would put my life in that guy's hands. He's incredible. And it's not just because he's got all these publications and because he's, you know, peer reviewed, you know, uh, articles for four decades or whatever. It's, it's because he has integrity. Mm -hmm. These people are like the foundational, like agents of, creativity and progress. I mean, it might sound dramatic, but they're, no. th this is what science is. And, 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 and speaking of the science and Democrat dem de democracy link, I think science has nothing to do with democracy. Science is inherent. It shouldn't inherently what it is. Yeah. And it just naturally evolves. It, it's just, a it, it cares not for a uh, belief per se, Right, because it exists in spite of us. Right. Like the discovery process is just there for us to learn or uncover well, or discover. It's, you know, it's it, politics. Was it Malone or was it McCullough? They're referring to this mass formation uh, psychosis of some kind. Uh, the and yeah. And I was thinking uh, in terms of intelligence, because we're looking at you very intelligent. On, no doubt, I mean, you know, people that have reached that high level of education. It's not a it's not a question of intelligence, but vulnerability, falling prey to the powers of suggestion and hypnosis. That is almost I don't know if it's an inverse relationship with intelligence, but it's not dependent upon an IQ, our ability to be hypnotized. As oh, a species. 100%, yeah. No, yeah. I, I know extraordinarily intelligent and extraordinarily educated people who are absolutely 100 percent hypnotized. Yes. That, that, and that's the point I wanted to bring up about the view. It's looking, Yeah. Looking back at the entire vaccine paradigm from inception, Jenner on forward. And, and we say, all right, how much of this is a story we keep telling ourselves to, to prop up an industry that is very unscientific in terms of validating, you know, the results in, in a causative way. I mean, if we were to say that because, you know, what name the shot in the 20th century that came out and I look at the chart and they say, look, look what the vaccine did. And they blow up this chart and shows the vaccine introduced here and we see incidents, mortality, morbidity, all that coming down. And then you take the, the, the view further out with decades prior and you'll see that line coming down before the shot because of advances in adva and sanitation, sewage, hygiene, nutrition, all the practices that assess the terrain view 
rather than the germ view. And, and, you know, the germs are incidental to the terrain that they're given, for instance, and vulnerability based on corruption of the terrain. And so we see that programming is like, if you can erase the rest of the chart and show that little bit and blow it up, it's, it's pretty impressive. And smart people have fallen prey to it. People of all levels of education have fallen prey to it until they are injured out of it, hopefully not to death like so many children have. And that's what's woken up a generation of parents to this issue. And now as I open today's story with maybe 95, 96% of parents in America going, nope, we're not giving the shot to our toddlers. That's unprecedented in the history since vaccines have been developed. We've always been in the teeny tiny minority questioning vaccination at any any level, much less being obstinate and going, yeah, I'm an anti-vaxxer. What are you going to do about it? They needed to hire some smarter people. And I really mean that. Like their strategy has been completely wrong. And it makes me feel weird, actually, because they, they can't be that bad at strategizing. I mean, if they're actually going to stand behind trying to promote or, or like get rid of vaccine hesitancy, they call it, mm-hmm. the way to do that is to be honest mm-hmm. so that you, you, you let the adults, the grown-ups, Make their own bloody decisions. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Stop throwing jelly beans on a table and telling them what they're going to be doing and locking them in their homes and tying leashes around their neck. That's not how you promote, you know, anyone to do anything. And it's not how you promote trust. Mm-hmm. And so what's happened, if you ask me, so this beautiful mixed blessing where not only people are rejecting these shots now, these shots now, but they're probably going to start rejecting all shots now. Mm-hmm. Well, that's I the mean, point, isn't it? That expansion of if this, if they lied to us about this, see, this was my journey, Jessica. This was really my journey going in. I was, I was on the, the medical doctor track. And then my uncle, the medical doctor said, do not become a medical doctor. You will hate it. You will be miserable. I'm like, what are you talking about? It's all I ever want to do is help people to get well. Cause I had been sick my whole young life. And I didn't understand it till much later that indeed, if I was doing to others, what doctors did to me, I would be miserable. And I would, you know, there's a high suicide rate in the medical profession, higher in the dental profession, probably because of mercury. Uh, But this was my journey to, I want to find what really works as opposed to, I got trapped in a view in a program that said everything is a drug or vaccine deficiency. And we can solve everything by the right chemical, you know, synthetic chemistry and or injection. And which now, of course, looks absurd to me, maybe to you, maybe others, as opposed to saying, well, what is it about the question you ask about? Why What's is it that some problem? don't decline? What's the real problem? Medical, yeah. The medical profession has become so politicized and sold out to promote drugs. Like mm-hmm. it basically medical doctors now are the lapdogs of big pharma, mm-hmm. FDA lapdog, big pharma, CDC lapdog, big pharma. That's how to, what it is. And big pharma has a business model that is very successful. They want to profit. They know how to do that. Even when they get dinged the highest amount in, in, in fees of $3.2 billion, which is like the most anyone has ever had to pay out mm-hmm. in litigation fees or whatever uh, fees they had to pay out yeah. in history. Um, yeah, it's it's just, uh, I forgot what I was saying. That's but, all right. Uh, the, you're, you're acknowledging the corruption within the system. That's what we know. And and many are waking up within well, it. Built on corruption. Yeah. It's, it's like, so so is this, is, does it take intense suffering and loss of life or injury to break out of the dissociation or the cognitive dissonance that seems to be I prevalent? I think in most cases, yeah. 
Yeah. I really do. Yeah. I think that's what it takes for most people. Uh, you know, and I kind of understand that like experience mm. is the best teacher. And, you know, even though the frequency of injuries is really high, really high, um, especially when you're talking about female fertility right now, um, it, pretty soon it's going to be really hard to not hear about this someone you know being injured like every day. Like I saw an ambulance roll out in front of my house today with somebody's mother or father. I think they were still alive, but they won't be for very long. Um, their ambulances are just like going around everywhere. So I've been saying like eventually, and, and probably pretty soon, we're going to hit a tipping point where it's not going to be possible to hide the bodies anymore. Uh, and th the weaklings are going to flip. I mean, I mean, weaklings in political positions, uh, even the ones who've been bought out are going to flip some of them. They can only take it so far, take so much. Yeah. yeah it yeah. probably indicates that they have some kind of empathy left. Um, mm. and, and the legacy media media will, I mean, it's just a popularity contest, right? So, when, when they start to see that the public is really, you know, they really want to know what's going on mm -hmm. with the risk side of these shots, then someone's going to start talking about it. I mean, that's, that's just the way it goes. That's the media. Yeah. So Dr. Jessica Rose, once again, I want to introduce everybody. If you're just tuning in, uh, Jessica has a Substack, jessicar.substack.com. You can sign up for that. Also the website, jessicasuniverse.com. And you can see a lot of her uh, VAERS data analysis and things. I think it's very shareable for those of you wanting to perhaps communicate to even other professionals, PhD level MD professionals that need to see it from somebody else who has those credentials, whatever. That's a great resource as well. And I, I guess in, in the next phase of this, with a couple of minutes left with you, Jessica, um, what is your project? Are, are you actually engaged? Can people, will people hire you? You know, a lot of times you get blacklisted in, 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 in the scientific world if you call to question the things you're calling to question. Um, when I seek out the next thing, I'm not going to have any problems. Um, I know that for a fact, because I've, I know now that there are in, people with integrity out there. There are people like me out there, which for someone like me has been an absolutely beautiful gift mm -hmm. because up until now, I mean, I, I've always kind of felt like, um, completely alone as, as like the kind of person I am in academia. Um, I, I have been made fun of in every single degree program by every single person in the degree program that I've been in. Um, you know, I was told to my face that I'm never going to be a good researcher. Maybe I'm not too. I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, so it's really nice to find people who, who acknowledge that, you know, the, sometimes you're never going to get to, to the answer to a question, but formulating a really good research question is so important and doing a good set of experiments is mm -hmm. so important Mm -hmm. and establishing good controls and having integrity and writing things up as you did that. I mean, this all sounds like normal, but it's not how people do things anymore. No, I not know anymore. That. It's, you know, Fauci, it's Walensky, it's the CDC, it's FDA and many things that well, happen at the NIH. Them. I'm talking about like yeah. regular labs. I mean, 
human beings are kind of notorious for cutting corners and wanting like the, the quick fix kind of thing. And um, so anyway, my point is I, I've met enough people that I think uh, I won't have to worry. And and if I do have to worry, then I'll deal with that when it comes to. I, no, I, I, think, I think, Jessica, because of what we're seeing, there's going to be a renaissance a renaissance occurring because in the midst of, you know, death and destruction and mayhem, eventually out of that, the ashes, a renaissance typically occurs historically. And we're going to see, I think, an, a re-engagement of our scientific uh, inquiry, our ability to ask questions and let us lead it, let, let it lead us where it may, uh, despite, you know, those that want to own and control us. And those, those, they're crumbling of their own weight and their own stupidity, even though they claim to be intelligent, because as you point out, and as we have here on this show, their strategy is stupid because it's only waking more people up to the realities that people like me. It's like the perfect way to Mm -hmm. rattle uh, the cage and, and wake up all the, uh, the, the new souls and the old souls. uh, And, Mm -hmm. and just, it's like, why why are you doing that? Like you're poking a beehive man. And, and, and us bees are like, we're buzzing and we're fuzzy. (laughs) As much, as much as we could say they've deceived us or many, they are also being deceived, and it's their downfall. Uh, and, of course, that comes to their arrogance, etc. cetera. Uh, and rather than make fun of you, Dr. Jessica Rose, I would like to have fun with you going out surfing one day. So uh, I so appreciate connecting with you today and uh, you joining us to share us, uh, you know, your adventures as well. And what you've done with the VARES is so very important. I'm glad we have that link up for everybody to tap into. And uh, I think I believe Kevin connected us with uh, with you as well to get on the show today. So I hope you feel good about it. You can take a nap now if you need it. Oh, I'm not taking a nap. I'm going to bed. It's oh, you're going past- to bed. Okay, way past <laughs> your bedtime. All right. Well, thanks for staying up long enough to do the show today. Uh, thanks for having me. It's been a blast. I, I can never get over how fast it goes. Right? It's been yeah. an hour. I know. It's, it, we rock in the health world here. Wherever you are on planet Earth, join us. Please share the show and. Uh, uh, Dr. Rose, just let us know if there's anything else breaking that you want to break here on the show. We'd be happy to have you back or just, you know, we, I got you on the Substack now, so we'll be able to follow some of your articles as well. Yeah. I post usually every day. I'm working on something pretty scary right now. So look out for that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We're, we're not afraid of scary. We deal in that every day. I know this is pretty bad. <laughs> All right. We want to break the cycle of fear, but we have to confront some of these things as well. So no, thank that's you. how you break yeah. the cycle of fear. It's by yeah. confronting it. Yeah. Well, thanks, Dr. Jessica Rose. Appreciate you so much. Thanks for having me. All right. Great, great uh, hour. I thought very interesting discussions and that's what we love to do here. Uh, and, uh, ask the questions. No one's out. No one else is asking or very few are asking. Uh, I'm asking you, have you gotten orange guard yet? Have you come on? What are you waiting for? <laughs> You can't be spraying toxic pesticides around your house, in your garden, uh, and be a part of the Robert Scott Bell Show. It makes no sense. That's cognitive dissonance. So if you haven't already, go to your local Ace Hardware, pick up some Orange Guard, Delimonene. God made Delimonene. It's a distillate from the orange peel, from citrus, and yet it can take care of the little critters, the ants, the roaches, the little things you don't like, and it won't harm your kids, harm your pets. You can use it around organic agriculture. It's OMRI listed. There I am in my greenhouse. And it's orangeguard.com. Thanks to them. Also, shout out to Nutritional Frontiers. They've got great deals coming every day. RSB15 to get you 15% off all the certified organic U.S. grown hemp products that they have, including their amazing hemp boost, their transdermal delivery system that's patented as well to get it where it needs to go. And their gummies are the best tasting organic quality CBD hemp gummies. 
RSB15. You go to cbdnf.com, sign up, become a customer of theirs. You can use that 15% discount code. Also, if you're in the United States, when you do mention the Robert Scott Bell Show, they'll send you a bunch of goodies, samples, take pictures with the samples, send them in the Superdon, ask rsb at gmail.com. And guess what? You'll be entered into our giveaway, their giveaway, actually. And you'll get probably hundreds of dollars worth of awesome stuff if you win. But you got to enter to win. And the odds are way better than stupid lotteries. That's a stupid people tax, don't you know? This is something you can actually get. So thank you to that. Thank you to uh, also uh, the Health Freedom Expo is coming up mid-October. And in the upcoming events tab, you can see that and many other things coming. First up, well, this is coming up mid-October 15th and 16th in Chicago area. And uh, right now, Autism One's coming up next weekend. Not this weekend, but next weekend, uh, Mesa, Arizona, Phoenix. I'd love to see you there. And well, there's others, but check out the upcoming events tab. In the meantime, I'm excited because hour two, finally, this guy is so busy. I, th- I thought he's been just ghosting me. It's like, who is this guy, Cordy Lee Williams, thinking ghost Robert Scapel? No, he's my buddy. I love him like a brother. And, you know, he is a doctor of chiropractic. He was hashtag in his hashtag megaphone marine, hashtag 1776 forever free. And his journey has been an amazing journey. His willingness to step out and say, you know what? I want to do something. He's in California still. He ran or running for Senate. I, I'm going to get the update. It's been a while. What was his experience? What was his journey? What does he learn? What can he teach us through his experience? And of course, uh, speaking out is something he does so well. So I'm looking forward to getting the updates from my good, good pal back on the Robert Scott Bell show next hour, Cordy Lee Williams here on the Robert Scott Bell show, because the power to heal is yours. Robert Scott Bell Bell Show. All right. I am rocking the 1776 Forever Free t-shirt today. If you haven't seen it, uh, it's been one of the, uh, well, the great additions since meeting Dr. Cordy Lee Williams. Uh, Super Don even has one, but of course, he didn't get the memo to wear his. We have to be in uniform here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. What are you wearing today? It's not that. It's not this. Oh, I'm just just wearing the the solid black shirt, which is, you know. You slacker. What that, is that? That, that that's a uniform I've had for for since yeah, I was I a teenager. We, but we bring you just you don't like Cordy. What's what's wrong? What's happening? No, you, you I didn't say something know. to upset you. Look, I, I'm no. sorry. Forgive me. <laughs> Hail Mary, Mother of Grace. Um, <laughs> we'll see if Cordy forgives. But we'll, you know, you know yeah, what? I do want to point out though. I got yeah. a, a, you know our our buddy Melanie. Um, yes. She sent me an email. She's out getting her tires done. Okay. And she's like, "Yay! I get. Yeah, I'm, I'm able to listen today." Mm-hmm. And she sent me a picture. Okay. Of uh, what she's she's wearing today as she's going out and getting her tires done. Check this out. Let's see it. Oh, look at that! Melanie's rocking a <laughs> 1776 Forever Free T-shirt. And this is purely coincidence. Purely, 100 really? coincidence. She was like, "I can't. That's, that's awesome. awesome. Cordy's going to be on today." Should, so anyway, hey, I, I, I sent you a picture. Of who else was rocking it this weekend in Pittsburgh? At the uh, Nutritional yes. Frontiers event. Hold on. You got that? Oh, you weren't Hold prepared on. for it, were you? No. You I've stinker. had a lot going on I here. Hold it, on. Dude, there's always a lot I going on. I know you did. I know you, you did. You know what? Can you tell I'm feeling a little better today? A little bit? You are. Yeah, you're, you're a little more better. honorary today than you were than, uh, yeah. yesterday. You were just. Yeah. You were done. Man. I was done before You'd I began. It. Yeah. And you know so, what? Yeah, here's a picture here real quick. I got to show everybody this. because I do want to say, though. I do want to say that. 
There's a picture. There's there it is. Who's rocking that seventy-seven? That's Judy Mikovits right Judy, there, wearing Judy seventy-six forever free, and a nice American flag behind her, and a and a beer in her hand, an IPA of some kind. That's and pretty she's cool, amazing. Right? And uh, she mentioned Dr. Cordy. She loves Dr. Cordy as well. Yeah. And with that, should we bring him in? I want to say real quick, though, okay, and then we'll ahead, get we'll get to Cordy. Yeah, yeah. I can't tell you how much I enjoyed Jessica Rose. You liked her? You enjoyed her? I, I, listen, I mean, man, that was some heavy scientific stuff. But you know what? Mm-hmm. The the vibe that she was giving off. Jessica, after hearing about her past, mm-hmm. she is somebody I would have hung out with in high school. Totally. Well, don't she you grew th- up no. listening to Slayer? Slayer. <laughs> hanging out with the black sheep and the rejects yeah. and the freaks. Those were my people, man. I, I know. Man. Black sheep, man. You know, I yeah. mean, you know, power to the people, man. I mean, that was like... Yeah. And you could tell, you know, mm-hmm. and, and just listening to her journey, uh, yeah. you know, I, I related to that. Mm-hmm. And the fact that she's gone where she's gone and yeah. she's got the street smarts to go with it. Yeah. You know, it's just like she's she's awesome. I'm hoping she we can was, get her back on because she had me. She had me laughing the whole time. She was cool. And I, I was just yeah. so intent on the interview that I didn't get a chance to laugh like I would have liked to. But I mean, these opportunities are sometimes fleeting. To connect yep. with new people like her, with uh, I, I just enjoyed it too. So thank you for that as well. I see a lot of people in the audience did as well. So uh, let's let's see. This is without a test. I see him. Let's see if we can. He's hear there. Him. He's there. Yeah. Now I, we can see him. We'll have to see whether we can hear him or not. Let's see. Let's see, Cordy. Hey guys, how's it going? We can yep. hear him. All right. Congratulations. Hey. Now, Cordy, <laughs> look look at my muscles. We worked out right the other. I, I love it, Wait, Robert. What you've got to perfect is the medium shirt. And and by the way. You, you, uh, you two cutie bears, Super Don over there. Um, <laughs> I wasn't, I, I was deeply hurt that, yes. that you're not rocking the shirt. Exactly. But it, it's good to hear that to truly be be bonded with, with Super Don, to have a bromance with him. Yes. You know, I have to start getting like, a, what, a black leather jacket? Black dress, <laughs> Dude, that's just what, you know what that like, that was just my childhood. Sign, but there's a certain sign, I think, if you. If you <laughs> uh, well, yeah. it, it would be like the peace sign, oh, but okay. you have to remove one finger. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. You tell them to read between the lines, right? That's, that's right. That's yeah. Right. Well, I was going to tell you, Cordy, because you know when you visited, it's been too long. I'd love to see you again. Obviously, uh, we went to go work out, and you know, I just love just slaying it at the gym and i've been doing the cardio miracle and running circles around 20 something 30 something's doing great and then more recently been integrating this igf1 plus product deer antler velvet and i've been putting on more muscle and so for anybody that's wanting to do that just take a look at you know i think it's uh, keys to life.shop and there's a robert scott bell discount code but again I, we want to get back get back to the gym and now maybe you have time to do it because it's been so long. I, I, I don't even know where to begin about your journey running for Senate out of California and what happened with Democrats, with Republicans, the party elite, the controllers, all of that. You've got stories to tell. Yeah, well, first of all, thanks for always rocking the shirt. And I miss both of you. And I appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, it's been a ride. It's been a ride. And uh, man, it, it's been about like altogether two and a half years, really. And And, you know, I hadn't planned that you know, the movement, you know, 1776 Forever Free was going to spawn into a political career. That's not why I got into it. Um, and I don't even want a political career because, you know, all those guys are liars, cheats and thieves. And, and we've seen how that's played out for the the close to communist country we're about to have, especially when you can go into a former president's home and raid it on, um, you know, just because you don't like him, basically. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, no, it's been quite a journey, especially the last six months. And you know, what I've taken from it is 
you know, politics is such a evil, slimy, demonic world. And people tell you about that. And then you step into it and you see the backstabbing, um, you see the lies and deceit, and really you can't trust anybody. And you see how it really sucks the life out of you. Um, and I'm in the process now of honestly just healing from that journey. Um, you know, I'm writing a book, doing very, you know, cathartic things to get over just even those relationships, Robert, where, mm -hmm. you know, you thought you had somebody's loyalty and they betray you or, you know, and the difference between winning a campaign is the door that opens or closes and the timing for which it opens or closes. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, we got third place, half a million votes, um, the rhinos, um, like Jessica Patterson right here that sent me this letter, um, which I'll show that up in a second. Um, she sent me that letter. I probably could have taken the address off, but whatever, um, <laughs> like my address. Um, but um, she sent me that letter and she would probably be the chief rhino because um, she is right under the, you know, the thumbnail of uh, Kevin McCarthy, um, you know, and a lot of people like that guy politically. A lot of a lot of people have to pander that guy uh, or pander to him politically because mm -hmm. uh, he's a very powerful guy. Um, but um, I just rail against these guys because, um, you know, the whole system is corrupt. And if you think it's just blue, mm -hmm. you need to think again. Yeah. It's establishment. I, I think that, Cordy, this is, you know, what I wanted you to share about this, because uh, there is a grand disillusionment in terms of the political machine where you believe in something. And we say that you know, on this show, I think we're pretty clear, like the Dems and their penchant for more socialism, more collectivism and more mandates and prohibitions. It's like clearly not something we're into. At the same time, we see if we're looking at the two party system, the Hegelian dialectic playing out, we go, all right, we would gravitate more toward the Republicans at this point in history based on they don't want a mandate. You know, there, there's some things we go. It's better around the edges and some places significant. But here you are. You run as a Republican in a completely Democrat run state. And you have a message, I believe, that was very much crossing over to many Democrats. It wasn't some of the things that repelled Democrats about Republicans that you did. And you probably made a lot of bridges to get half a million votes there. Uh, that wasn't part of the political machine talking points as well. And so yeah. when you go into that Republican side of things and go, it's as corrupt and bad as anything I've seen in Democrats, it's kind of a wake up call for people to go, go, rah, rah, let's go. Republicans will be saved if the Republicans all get in. Yeah, no, I mean, it's all about this. And if you guys haven't read this book, um, mm. it's by W. Cleon Skousen. Um, yep. Let me see if I can get it. The Naked Communist, yeah. And I know his yeah. son, he's he's still speaking out there. And, uh, wow. Yeah, and on the circuit. But the Naked Communist says a lot about it. And it gets us past our idea that, um, you know, one party or the other is the solution to a problem. The two parties are both problematic because of the, the control that is um, well, they engage in, but also whoever can control them, it's easy to control two sides of the same coin and then convince people that it's really going to be different. Now, I, we acknowledge that Trump did things different than Biden and vice versa. You know, but at the same time, if we look for political saviors, we're looking in the wrong place to be saved. We have to save, you know, our own cells, if you will, to, to, in terms of our physical functioning, but also as an, a, a government, you're, you're still in California. The only way you can seemingly have an impact is to run locally and, and make a difference there and then continue to nullify up the chain so that those bozos can't affect you or impact you the way they would like to. Well, and I would agree with that, too, Robert. I think that, 
you know, the pathway to freedom and, and, you know, you've been doing this, I'm a salamander compared to you and Superdon <laughs> is, you know, as far as trying to change the world and change people's health. And, you know, I'm new to this game. I got involved really in 2010 when I went into chiropractic school a little bit before that with, you know, Pilates and working in the national football league and all that. But my role in activism or politics has really been since the, uh, as I affectionately call it, the COVID scam started. And so, but w when I look at all this, I've just been amazed to think that there's not one silver bullet for any of this. I mean, certainly keeping our health straight, keeping our family's health straight, making sure that we have a spiritual connection. I'm a Jesus guy. But then outside of that, do we need, you know, different machines? Do we need canvassing? Do we need to currently make sure that we're voting and out there voting? I think we do. But I also think that we need everybody to lean in with their time, hands and money and say, how do we reform these state GOP parties? How do we create coalitions to support candidates? Mm -hmm. How do we create different groups that will, um, you know, do activism to support constitutional values, to create more, I, you know, I won't say charter school systems, but homeschools. You know, the, the communists, the, the pervasiveness of the communism, as W. Cleon Skousen so eloquently put out there in 1963, and A.S. Herlon, Albert S. Herlon, a congressman from Florida, talked about from the floor of Congress when he put the 45 points of the, uh, you know, of the manifesto into congressional record. Like, if you look at that, and I know you know this, Robert, we're like 70 percent there. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the pathway to freedom and getting our country back, you, you know, and I know you're not implying this. I don't think it's linear. I think we have there are multiple facets that are going to determine the reality we walk into. And as a Christian, you know, maybe the rapture happens before that. I don't know. But if it doesn't, and God's wanting to see what, what you know, our faith without works, mm -hmm. right? And, and seeing yeah. what our faith is before then, you know, we've got to get busy. And so, you know, I just noticed that the tearing down of this GOP establishment infrastructure is so important. Getting back to the counties, mm -hmm. getting back to, you know, those local school boards, it's important. But I also think and this is why, you know, there's a lot of folks in my circle. We're forming some major coalitions right now because people like McCarthy's puppet that, mm -hmm. that wrote me this letter and said, oh, it's so brave of you to run. And, you know, we're doing Please all vote for me. Please throw your support behind me. I know. Yeah, that's what 100%. And, and you're it's like, like you no freaking way. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. My principles would not allow such a uh, abrogation of those principles. Um, and, and I remember, and Super Don, you remember this too. Remember in the Ron Paul revolution, how he was the only candidate that really had an enthusiastic base, kind of like Trump in his own way with the enthusiasm versus Biden. And yet the Republican party operatives, uh, operatives or, or machine cheated their way to keep Ron Paul out from, you, you remember that? 2012. I'll never yeah. forget it. It was, it, it was the, the most, I have not looked at politics the same since. Mm -hmm. That was almost like the tipping point for me, where it's just like I'd been doing this for so long. It was just to see, to see uh, what's his face. I can't remember who it was reading off the teleprompter what the what the what the vote, the uh, the audible, the vocal vote was. It was already predetermined on the on the teleprompter. Yeah. You know, it's just like oh, it looks like the nays or the eyes have it or whatever. And it was like there was no way you could have known that. That was that was a that was rigged. Mm -hmm. That was so rigged and it got so stolen. The energy in in Ron Paul's uh, campaign mm -hmm. was unlike anything I'd seen since the Ross Perot campaign in 92. 
Yeah. It was it was a gra- true grassroots thing that was going on there. But now Cordy has gone through the political machinery of the Republicans and seen the corruption. Yeah. And as you said, Cordy, people you thought you're, were your friends and supporters, and you find out what kind of snakes they are, that it's like, wow, it, it, you know, we have to hone our skills of, of sensing deeper into the hearts of these people to know where they're where they're really at. And I think the COVID thing has also helped us see that, too. Many people we thought believed in health freedom and, you know, healing and natural healing were so frightened that they went off and got the jab and insisted that others get it, too. And you're like, what? That was not what I remember you being like. And so when that comes to pass, the fear is ratcheted up, the pressure, et cetera. What are those principles that have you grounded that you don't sway from them versus abandoning them like the sunshine patriot, if you will? And, um, well, I think it's just, I think it's just my connection to God. I think it's, you know, my Mm -hmm. two young boys. And, you know, one of the things that, that I wanted to say is, for example, it's so bad. The, the, these slime balls are just so disgusting, um, on, on, you know, for the state California GOP, the CAGOP as they call them. And I've been railing on them for a while because they're complete scumbags that Sean Farish, a, uh, he's the Trump, uh, the Trump impersonator. But he has a great group. He's been, you know, doing activism in Long Island with the loud majority. That's his group forever. He and I were on a live last night, an Instagram live. And we're doing an Instagram live on them invading Mar-a-Lago. And I see a little name that comes up. And it says Brian Watkins, the CEO of the California Republican Assembly. And so, um, you know, then he proceeds to say, as I'm railing on the CAGOP, oh, you're mad just because you lost. Well, no, I'm mad because you guys sold your proxy votes because your state convention's rigged and that's a $2 million endorsement. Um, And so we proceeded to uh, discredit him as a male. Um, Mm. I won't say what we said because this is a family show, Um, but this is a family show. Uh, Mm. But but we certainly gave him some zeners downrange. And then he had the audacity to later say, you know, oh, well, Trump's going to lose the election by 10 points the next election. And I'm thinking, okay, you're a guy that says you're for your state, you say you're for your party, and you say you're for your country, but you would knowingly want to vote in, you know, somebody like Biden, anybody else but Trump, and you're the party that sent out $30 million to other candidates, not didn't keep it in your own state two years ago, and he was complicit in that. So, so I think what grounds me is looking at guys like that who aren't leading their family, they're not leaving leading their state. They they're scumbags and they're cowards, and and they can't stand up and realize that the measure of a man is in a man's conviction and what he's willing to stand up for. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's really what keeps me going. Um, you know, it's been just a time of healing, not because I lost the election, but it's really the three years of looking at how many people are in cognitive dissonance, mm-hmm. how many people don't want to fight. And me having to heal those wounds so I could just continue for my voice. Well, and I think that you tell me you're writing a book about experiences as well. Uh, it's, these are valuable, let's say, revelations within our own experience that others can learn from. They won't have to go through it and spend that amount of time. And, and because you're willing to share what you've been through, that we could circumvent doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. We've got to be smart about this and do it differently. Uh, I'm just seeing a, a, a tweet a tweet from my good buddy, Michael Bolden from the 10th Amendment Center, talking a lot about transformation I've been talking about the last couple of days and you know the ability to change, the ability to finally wake, wake up and see through lies and illusions. 
Bolden says this in his tweet, government schools taught me that government is good. It solves problems and protects freedom around the globe. And then he says, if I can break free from that propaganda, anyone can. And, and that's the thing I, I want to remind everybody that you know, in this time of, of, you know, some would say universal deceit, but certainly that they ratcheted up the fear in COVID. This is where you find out what people are really made of. And some people are indeed, we might've cast aspersions to them because of where they were, are genuinely transforming their lives for the better to, to do the right thing, to make amends, to repent for those things that they did. Now, not everybody, some are going deeper into that dark rabbit hole that is, is I would term more evil than helpful, but there's an opportunity here. And, you know, Bolden's words are very important because of his background and, and what he has come out with the 10th Amendment Center over the years, that people can change. They can see things differently, even if they've been committed to one thing their entire life to a certain point, and then suddenly say, oh my gosh, I see the error of my ways. I've got to change this. And I think that's, you know, part of your experience here and what you've seen and can probably inspire others to do the same. Yeah. And I appreciate you saying that, Robert. I think that we've got to get out of the divisive conversations and really just ask questions and start to come together. And I said it during the campaign. I still, you know, it still holds true. We've got to start talking about the 51% that we have in common because there's a compromise and agreement there versus the 49% that we don't. Um, that's really how we take back our country. And, you know, any rhetoric outside of that, like, whether, you know, obviously I'm, I'm pro-life, but, but those are all like, that's another buzzword or topic to create division. You know, the parties are, are a way to create division. And, you know, if we're really, and I'll say this to evangelicals and Christians out there, if you're really professing that, that you're trying to walk in God's light, and if this really is a battle between good and evil, and I think it is, then condemning and telling people how wrong they are is not how you win them over. You're going to win them over, not by compromising your values, your character or your convictions, by, but just asking them questions. You, you know, in sales, we always say all the time, which I believe everything in life is a sell. You know, don't try to sell somebody a red car if they want a pink one. Hmm. Ask them questions to lead them towards an idea or a concept where they genuinely get on board because they're enrolled in a new possibility and they think it's a, you know, their idea versus yours. Um, and I think conversations like that are the ones that are really critical for us, you know, saving this republic and, um, you know, standing up for um, guys that embody this and and folks that that wore the devil dog uniform. Where is it? I'll go like that. Yeah, there it is. Um, and, uh, you know, it's so important um, to, to preserve everything they fought for. So, Cordy, you know, next phase here, besides, let's say, detoxing from the experience and assessing it and doing the things cathartically to. Uh, alleviate some of the intensity of the emotions associated with a very real experience where you have all the integrity to do the right thing and make transformation better and happen and empower people rather than disempower them. And then you find out the machine itself is stacked against it. And then you say, all right, now I've got to regroup. I'm going to say, all right, this is what I'm going to do next. Now I'm not saying you have to commit to this because there's a lot going on, but we haven't talked in a while and I miss you, buddy. And I, and I want to know what else is evolving in you as what are you, what are you thinking of doing here? Uh, if you're ready to say any of that. Yeah, I know. I appreciate you saying that. You know, I don't know where I'm going to go politically. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I'm, but I'm never going to compromise what I think God's calling me to say to ensure I have a political future. Mm -hmm. uh, like, I'm just not going to do it. People are like, yeah. Right. In other words, you're not going to censor yourself thinking, oh my gosh, if I say that one day and if I try to run for office again, oh, that won't last. I am going to pound. It is going to yeah. be my mission 
-hmm. to hate on, expose, and try to end the California Republican Party, mm -hmm. like till my dying breath. I I take a bullet in the head right now to try to just totally expose them. So you're you're digging your heels for California. You're not you're not. I, I and I'd respect you if you left at this point. You like forget this noise, but you you at this point you're saying, well, I'm going to stick it out. And I'm going to fight for it. Yeah, no, no, no. For now, we're sticking it out. I only say for now because you know sure. I've got two young boys. Anything can change. Um, cause I'd feel like a hypocrite if I moved out, unless it was a situation where, you know, God forbid we went bankrupt or something yeah. like that, you know, something like that happened. Um, we're not planning on moving out of this state anytime soon. Mm -hmm. We may relocate. So we're not eight minutes from the ocean, you know, paying, uh, you know, I have two buildings. I have a condo that's about 1100 square feet. I have a chiropractic building. Okay. That's about 2,500 square feet. And I pay about 12 grand in lease rent per wow. month. Wow. $12,000. That's a lot you of pressure. Have, you, you would have a 30, you would have a, a 30 room mansion for what I pay in leases and rent per month. Yeah. I, I mean, like anywhere, like people would think that you were, you know, maybe you were Jesus. Well, and that, that's, we talk about the cost of doing business in a state like California. And yet, yeah, there are places you can go that will reduce that significantly, but the cost of government there is so prohibitive yeah. that it makes very difficult any business to function and become profitable to maintain much less break even uh, so that's another aspect of why many have left california even if it wasn't technically a political reason it would be a business decision yeah no you're you're, you're right and and so i'm writing the audacity of choice um obama we don't yet know if he's a guy or a girl um he's probably still running the government from what we know right um but but that guy whoever he is and whatever gender he is he may identify differently today um, he wrote a book called The Audacity of Hope. Mm -hmm. So I said, well, why don't we write a book called The Audacity of Choice? And it's Great about my title. journey. You like it? You like I it? I do. I do. And, and so it's it's just about my journey through, you know, you know, a kid that grew up in a mobile home. His dad used him for a punching bag, went through mental health problems, was the guy that, you know, had, you know, medications, pills, potions and lotions from, you know, the managers of disease, also known as the MDs. And I took them for years, found this thing called chiropractic. And then it really just highlights the last three years and, and what it's done spiritually for me, what I've learned from it, the people I've inspired, the lessons. And it's got some really biblical leadership principles in there along the way. Mm -hmm. But we just want to move and touch and inspire people through that journey that one, they can accomplish anything mm -hmm. through a higher power. And, yeah. and I tend to believe in Jesus. And two, that if you're going to run for office, the other, you know, there's just going to be words of advice, little nuggets of truth in there about doing it, how to do it. And we're not going to charge somebody a consulting fee of $10,000 a month. There's going to be just simple little leadership principles in there that they can walk into whatever office, um, knowing a little bit more because you don't realize the swamp doesn't start when you get to DC. It starts <laughs> the moment you decide to run, even yeah. at the local level, right? So. Cordy, you you describe people that are snakes, maybe villains, Decepticons, however they're described, people that pretended to be your ally yeah. and you found out they weren't. Did you also find people that were true to their word through this time and you've made lifelong bonds to recognize there's someone I could be in that proverbial foxhole with that will not abandon me or run at the slightest you know, sound of a bullet flying overhead? It's probably on one hand or two hands. 
And, mm-hmm. and, and you would definitely be in that group. And I'm not just saying that because we're talking, but, you, you know, because of our schedules and the time difference, we don't get enough time to talk. But I know I could call you any hour of the day. And um, short of you being in a hyperbaric chamber or something, <laughs> you would probably you would probably pick up the phone, right? And and so no, th- there has been that, but it's it's a very small percentage. What's been great though is the Patriots, people with no agenda, people with they don't care about their clicks and likes, their platform, their followers. All they're concerned about is changing America. And you know, with all the work you've done over all the years, Robert, those people are just whew, man. Uh, you know, you could get choked up thinking about it. They're few and far between. And when you find them, you know, you found family, you found your tribe. And that's part of this journey, I think, finding our tribe. Uh, and we have been given an opportunity in the midst of a lot of difficulty. And we, we can talk about it from a, a medical perspective, but also the economic and political realities we're witnessing. They are at a shake it out, shake out that tree of liberty and see who's still, you know, retaining those principles and not the sunshine Patriot, it, you know, abandons it the moment the weather gets a little bad. And so we're seeing a lot of people rise to the occasion with each new step. You know, you don't have to like Trump or hate him. It doesn't matter when you witness what happened politically in terms of the witch hunt of the, and we're going to talk about it with Jonathan E. Mort on Thursday, of course, uh, of, of going into his residence and just doing a, a massive search and seizure for stuff we don't even know. This isn't about personalities now. It's about a government that's gone absolutely uh, bonkers in terms of there's no limitation to what it will do. Uh, another thing, I think the Senate just passed some kind of, they call it a, a, an inflation bill that helps with inflation that raises taxes, that gives more money to the internal revenue police force to go after not the people that are multi-billionaires and trillionaires that the Dems pl- claim to hate, but to go after the average folks working hard and having a business and barely getting by to see if we could squeeze something more out of them. I'm like, how do Democrats, anybody that claims to be a Democrat, still participate in that? Yet there are many rhinos that have not put the brakes on it and said, there's no way. Where's the filibuster to stop that one, for instance? So, uh, you know, we're witnessing a lot of who's for real here and who is abandoning principle at the the merest threat of their political career. Yeah, no, no. Government is only concerned with keeping government in power. Um, and this is right from the playbook of, of King George. It, it, it really is. And, and, you know, that's really fundamentally what people have to understand. You know, um, you know, I think so many times, uh, so many times we were talking about this the other day. Um, I was talking about this with another Patriot. You know, people have been looking the last two years for a savior that whether it was Trump, whether it was Q and that, you know, hairy guy from New York, I forget his name, uh, uh, but a Fusco or whatever his name was, you, you know, they're looking for someone to have the answers. And the answers are from within. The answers are your your higher power, but it's also in your ability to get involved. And God is trying to stretch a muscle in you right now. Maybe it's to share Robert Scott Bell's show every day and every week that you can. Maybe it's to start your own nonprofit. Maybe it's to pack up everything you're doing, move somewhere else, support somebody else's organization. But so many of you, if you'll keep your ear to the grindstone, God, the universe, has pointed you in the right direction to really take a chance and given you an opportunity where just like Peter, you could step out on that water. And even though it was uncomfortable to do that on the other side of that, there's a, there's a transformation there. And I honestly think that that's the only way that we're going to save this country. Mm -hmm. Um, God help us if we don't, so many men have died to try to preserve it. Um, And my role has just always been 
out of my own psychological preservation mm -hmm. and fear out of, of my kids. Yeah. Like, what are they going to inherit? What's going to be left? Sure. We got to think, and I know not everybody has kids, but I think about that. Uh, I just want to, let's say when we're gone, I don't want them to look back and spit on our graves and say, dad, you had an opportunity to speak out. You didn't, that's not happening. Sorry. We're speaking out. We're going to do more if we can, as we can. And, uh, recognize the, you know, the, the danger of centralized, uh, power structures and bureaucracies. Our founders warned us about it. We're witnessing it. We're living it. And unfortunately the majority of the Republican party is not really doing anything to curtail it. They speak it sometimes, but evidence, uh, aside, well, no, I'm going to put the evidence aside. The evidence shows that they're as bad as the Dems often when they get into power. So we'll see what happens next. And the thing that uh, I like, you know, Judy Mikovits was wearing, wearing your shirt this weekend. She was awesome. And she's like, we're at, at the post event of the event the next day. Well, actually it was right after the event on, on the day of the event. And we we're sitting in the, in the lobby and a lot of people gathered chairs around. They were just Q and a and asking questions. And she was like, stop supporting those that are basically enslaving you and capturing you. Stop it. I'm like, dude, this is one of the smartest scientists on the planet. And she gets it even on a political basis of the reality of we have got to stop paying for our own capture and enslavement. Because the energy that we give, whether it's in the form of money or otherwise, is something that is utilized against us to keep us constrained, imprisoned, shackled, etc. And that's you know, that's an energetic reality. It's a political reality. It's an economic reality. And so we've got to mature beyond the emotional gut reactions to I hate this person because they're this, and I and get as you pointed out, you were you were you know not in a political way, but sincerely building bridges, asking questions, getting people to think, and and really. Again, half a million votes. That's not a small, uh, you know, that's an amazing thing you did. And, and yet, of course, you see the machine that worked against you within the party you were part of in that run. And so I'm asking for, again, maturity for all of you that are out there considering how best can we use our time, energy and efforts to make the change or transformation we wish to be or see in the world. And, and I'm not here to judge a person on what it is for you because it's going to be different for me or Cordy or anybody. But listen to that voice, and I say from the spirit or the spirit, to guide you beyond the emotional rhetoric, beyond all of the political uh, dealings, to see through it and maybe recognize those snakes before we engage in them and have to learn it the hard way. And I think that's some of what we'll learn from your new book, The Audacity of Choice. I can't wait for that to come out, by the way. No pressure. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, doing a, I'm waking up probably four out of seven mornings. It was seven out of seven. I'm at 4.15 and I, I pray and I meditate. After I do that, um, then I write for about 45 minutes mm -hmm. and then I do Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And then the following day I do the same thing, but I do Pilates. Mm -hmm. So I've got, uh, you know, I'll do Brazilian jiu-jitsu and then, you know, be be sweating with a bunch of guys and then um, be be uh, sweating with a bunch of gals that aren't too bad on the eyes. So yeah. there's, there's a little rhyme, right? Uh, but, but uh yeah, yeah, no, no, it's great. Which, you know, if you haven't done that combo, uh, first of all, Bra Brazilian jiu-jitsu is, is insanely amazing. And believe it or not, there are studios you can go to that are not about hurting people. You know, it's a big myth that people have. And then yeah. the other myth that people have related to Pilates is, you know, it's a bunch of attractive ladies, which that part is definitely true. But then the other myth is, oh, this is going to be an easy workout or it's a mm. joke. Or if a guy goes there, he's feminine. Yeah. Now, just like just like Robert Scott Bell kicked my tail when I <laughs> work out with him. Um, these uh, these uh, and not that I did not think he was in good physical shape, but just like he had me almost looking at my 
my morning uh, 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 protein drink that I had with him. Mm -hmm. I almost looked at it again or saw it again. Um, these ladies are just, they, they are on it, man. Super so fit. Yeah. Good. Well, and I think we got to care for our bodies, including this body, the physical body, the temple that we've been given to live in while we're here and treat it like the temple that it is. And I, I encourage people to do it. And I, I try not to be hypocritical about it. And I, people know me long enough. It's like, there are people that come on the show that say, I've watched you, Robert. And yeah, you, you don't, I tried to, I tried to get you to eat that thing. You wouldn't eat it. <laughs> so, you know, look, everybody's got to make decisions for whatever reason. So I don't say it in a judgy way at all, except to say, look, this has been my journey. Uh, I had a sick body for the first 24 years of my life and I've worked very hard to make it functional. That doesn't mean it's always going to work. I don't pretend to have immortality in terms of physicality. Spiritually, yes, I acknowledge that and believe that with all my heart, and my experience. Uh, but at the same time, to honor the life that we're given and to uh, the best of your ability, not waste it, but also find time for fun and joy. And, and you look, we can get so lost in all of the wrong that's happening and, and never find a, t a, a time to have that moment where a smile and a laugh and a, and a, you know, an exhilarating thing that happened. I mean, that's also what we're here for. So I would say never forget that as well in the midst of the, the passion and the mission you have as well, Cordy, for, for uh, freedom, if you will, in this Republican form of government. No, I appreciate you saying that. And honestly, Robert, I almost did. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I almost did. Thank, thank goodness the lockdown stuff and the masking stuff went away because, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure many viewers out there would agree with me. Mm -hmm. um, it, it was just almost became a beast that took over. Um, and, and, you know, in our family and my immediate like family, my wife, my two boys, because, you know, we were viscerally, it just made us angry. Just like not being able to go anywhere and being almost accosted verbally by people if you didn't agree with their, you know, what they chose, you know, mm -hmm. and, um, you know, that's tied down significantly. I mean, you'll see somebody and I still get a kick out of the people that roll up all the windows and they're in the car by themselves and they put on, the, mask, yeah. you know, the jock strap. You know, if you want to do that, cool. As long as you're not telling me I have to. Right. That's always right. been my thing. But um, no, it's uh, it, it's definitely been a ride. And, and that's where, you know, like you said, having like a daily regiment, spiritually, physically, emotionally, mentally, whether it's, you know, going to a good acupuncturist or, you know, hopefully everybody's out there, uh, uh, you know, has a great chiropractor doing all these health things, you know, you're, you got to keep your mind and, and your aura clear. Um, and, and you got to channel source cause it's so easy yeah. to get mixed up and behind a president or a politician. And there, you know, that's the difference between me living and dying and checking mm -hmm. your Facebook and your Instagram every day. One of the best things I've done, man, is just, I don't even um, answer the phone after yeah. like six 30 and whatever's going to get done is going to get done. Whatever's not going to get done. It isn't going to get done. And that's yeah, I, I, I can learn from you in that realm. I sometimes just, I'm so obsessed with getting things done. Yeah. I got to do better. When I say that the area of hypocrisy would be like spending more time just having fun too. And I try, and I'm, I'm I think I'm a little bit, a little bit doing better. You know, we've been out getting some mountain bike rides in. Of course I take great joy in going to the workouts as well. And, uh, but finding that time for joyous occasions, things that just, they might seem silly and trivial. But do those too. It's part of life while you're here. You, you as they say, at the end of your life, looking back, you, nobody ever says, "God, I wish I would have had a little less fun." 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad I did those extra three hours trying to get that report in or, or, mm -hmm. or balance in that, that ledger, if you're an accountant or whatever, or I'm glad mm -hmm. I cleaned those three extra teeth on that old <laughs> man that was cranky. Right. Like yeah, nobody ever says that. Right. Yeah. Well, one of the things we've enjoyed recently and you believe, believe it or not, since you were last on super Don has a garden, super Don started growing wow. food. Yeah, I know. I it was that. like dragging him to it, kicking and screaming and like, Oh man. But dude, He's rocking it. We're going to show some pictures of, of the garden today. I've got some more from mine as well. And Cordy, I don't, you can hang out with us in this part, but this is part of our fun journey too, in the midst of all the serious discussions we have to show people even super Don can do it. And if he can do it, you can do it too. And that's not a slight on super Don. We've been in on this discussion for a while, but how important this is. So super easy. Dean. A caveman can do it, right? Right. Exactly. Even a, a Marine. Ooh, did I say that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, we've been known to like crayons and coloring books and all that, but um, well, I would I would love to stay, gentlemen. Yeah, I, I have a date with Legoland. Oh, right there, you go. Five year old and three year old. So so hopefully, unless that got kiboshed and 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 my wife created something else that we're doing today, which I'm grateful for. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, I, I'd love to get on again sooner rather than later. We won't make it a a six month or year long hiatus. Yeah, don't be ghosting me. Uh, what, what, what's that, Robert? Don't be ghosting me. I'm not going to ghost you. <laughs> hey, I promised you like two years ago, I was going to come back out there too. I so, know. We'll so, look forward okay. to having that or seeing you wherever you are, but uh, I'm grateful to get the catch up with you today. That was, uh, you know, the stories that I wanted to hear, you know, the, you were very forthcoming with, and I know we didn't go into a lot of detail, but some help people i think on this journey because many people are getting the urge to do the things that you've done and i think they it's important that they learn from others not so they don't have to go through the same experience and and we'll be more efficient moving forward in this way so again thanks for your efforts to write that new book and uh I, i'm just like I said i'm thrilled i can't wait to see it well thank you and we're going to be putting out uh, more classes uh, with the constitution uh, we're going to be doing videos eventually to train people on um, uh, how to run and the steps for doing that. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, I just want to encourage everybody, you know, really try to get involved at, at taking down your state GOP if it's corrupt, really get involved at running at the local level. Um, and school boards are so important. Um, and I think that's things that we can do now, mm -hmm. as well as poll watching, learning about your election system in the state. Um, if everybody committed to one of those two or, or one of those three or four things, I think we'd have a completely different um, pathway to a new Republic and a better one. Yeah. Pathway back to Liberty and, uh, Dr. Yep. Cordy Williams. And of course we have you linked up court, Dr. Cordy Williams.com DR as well as 1776 foreverfreecom Those websites are still available to you. And, uh, I still wear my swag or drip as the young people say <laughs> proudly. I can't believe you know that word drip. We well, learned it along the way. Trip that's better quality Yeah, because we switched companies several times and we're great. getting I'm Hey, Robert, if you want to identify as a female today, we have some bikinis on there. Oh, they're, no, they're, thank you. But that's really okay. kind of you to and say. there's bikinis. Just thought of, I'm just, hey, I'm just trying to show you what a loving guy I am. And even if I, you identified as a paperclip, I would still love you. I, I think you've spent too much time in California, my friend. <laughs> Maybe it's possible. <laughs> it's possible. Get out. Come see me. And we'll see you again. Love to your wife and kids. And uh, thanks for being on board today. So great to see you. Yes, sir. Say hi to everybody from the Bell Camp as well. God bless you guys. Appreciate you, Super Don. Take care, Cordy. That's God bless Dr. Cordy Lee Williams. Hashtag 1776 forever free and more. That was great to catch up, Super D. I'm pleased with that. Now, we've got um, 
little garden stuff. We also have a question of the day. We haven't done one of those in a while. I, I don't know if you want to hit that first. What do you What do you think, Mr. Producer? Oh, I don't know. Yesterday was hilarious, my friends, because, you know, when I asked Super Don, we were at the end of the show, and he was in, in his space ready to let loose on things, and he was. And then I said, the power, no, not yet. The power, no, it was just, Nancy was laughing. My wife was laughing like crazy. When, and, and, and apparently, Brideon.tv didn't cut us out until I finally said the power to heal was yours. So that was cool on their part. They did a good job. Yeah. Got to, got to give them props for that. So, um, let's see. We've got, how much we've got? we got nine minutes. Yeah, we can do the question of the day. Nine for, minutes or so. Let's kick it into gear. All right. So, you want to do the question of the day? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. All right, question of the day. It's coming from Nora. Hi, Nora. Question, how do you get rid of the herpes virus? Had it since 16 and now 67. It's getting worse. Last time it lasted over two years. Please help. No holistic doctors know. Uh, I cannot take adaptogens or herbs or amino acids because of it. Nora, so you're, you're, you're limiting what I can tell you to do, I guess. Uh, all right. Well, let's think about this. And I know, again, there's great controversy still in this audience about viruses. So let's just breathe through that and say that it, whatever you believe them to be, endogenous, exosomes, whatever, just let go of the anger associated with this. And let's just say uh, herpetic viruses are, if not causative agents, they are manifestations of other things that precede them. And that can manifest in various different uh, let's say outbreaks, whether you talk, talk about herpetic lesions, uh, shingles related to chicken pox, uh, various herpetic sores, cold sores on the mouth, on the lips, uh, or it could be, uh, you know, genital herpes, any number of things that manifest. These things always manifest after or during episodes of high stress. Now, stress is more than emotional. It could be well, mental, economic, but it could be physical stress. And that is, we've been challenged, not enough sleep. We've been eating food that's been garbage and that depletes other minerals and things. And, you know, we hear about the um, amino acid L-lysine often used for these herp herpes, you know, activities, so to speak. But when you say, how do I get rid of it? Whatever it is, I don't believe you ever get rid of it. That it's present, but it's not active. Why? Because the terrain, all the functionings of all the cells, perfect working order are darn near it so that it can never opportunistically take advantage of the terrain being corrupted due to toxicity, deficiency, etc. Now, in terms of direct intervention, bioactive silver hydrosol is one of the most targeted ways to neutralize whatever you perceive or believe manifests as a herpetic lesion or outbreak. If you could deliver the silver right to the area need, it stops for those of you that are worried about viruses, viral replication, denatures the protein coat, whatever. It's going to bind the, the, the genetic material. It stops it. Now, you could take it orally for systemic immune response and benefit there. But the key mineral of all minerals associated with any of the herpetic so-called outbreaks is selenium. And Nora, I hope that you are able to get, take selenium in the form that is most efficacious, the food form. We get from Jonathan at choosetobehealthy.com. Nora, you go to choosetobehealthy.com. You look for the innate response selenium. And then you begin to take, I take three tablets three times a day. That's my desired goal every day, which would lead me to 450 micrograms a day. If you were in the throes of one of these outbreaks 
I would increase that. I would double that. I would do four, even five times a day, getting you up to about a thousand micrograms of selenium that doctors will freak out about because they don't read the original literature and understand it about the dangers of selenium are the wrong form to access, just like anything. The right form the body can utilize and actually needs because selenium has been ripped out of the soils and the food. Even Brazil nuts carry a fraction of the selenium they did 70 years ago. Just like we've talked about the copper, copper hydrosol, the bioactive form of copper. This copper, sovereign copper, is amazing because it replenishes instantaneously the copper that is not bioactive. You may or may not be getting in your diet. But of all the minerals that have been depleted in the soils, copper is number one for the worst, almost 80% depleted from decades ago when they first started analyzing the soils. Homeopathically, we would use rust toxicodendrum, the most indicated remedy for herpetic uh, things, but you can actually utilize nozodes from the proclaimed viruses, exosomes, whatever you want to say. Uh, if you know the specific one that you're dealing with, you can take the homeopathic or for homeoprophylaxis as well. And, I, you know, I bring Superdon back into the mix here real quick before we do our garden stuff because we got five minutes left. Just remember the time you took the Sovereign Silver Gel, you had like a cold sore starting. That was a big mm -hmm. moment for you in realizing, my gosh, this stuff really works. Yeah, it does topically. And I yeah. actually know, I do know someone um, mm -hmm. that has had to deal with a herpes situation. And yeah. they swear by the topically by the, uh, the, the first aid gel as well. Yeah, but so that's not taking gel. care of the underlying cause, right? right? That's just taking care of the symptom. But yeah. that is something that they they have told me about. So okay, so Nora, I hope you'll uh, uh, take heed and do some things and let me know. Get back to me on this. Uh, remember, the liver health, all of that. This is a brief version of what can be done, and there's a lot of things. But selenium and silver, number one and two, or two and one, or one and one a, whatever. That's where you go and you can keep it at bay. Of course, if you're under stress, there are things in life that happen. If it's your vulnerability, you got to be careful, but I don't believe you can truly get rid of it. Some people may argue otherwise, but I think it's just part of the human and animal species, whatever these things are. All right, Super D, do you want to show you, you, us your garden picks? I'm anxious to see them. What's I don't know that we What's have happening? enough time to get through all of them, but, but we'll, we got four uh, minutes or so, so let's yeah. try them. So, all right, so you want to start off with me? Yeah, I would like to see yours, yes. Okay. You show uh, me yours So let's first. go. <laughs> no, knock it off. All right, so these are the tomatoes that are coming. They're huge. Oh, my they're gosh. How, are they fist size yet? They're pretty close, yeah, to a palm. You know, you can palm. You can yeah, palm them. dude, those yeah, are gorgeous. So they're getting big, and, and on the one plant, I think there's got to be like 12 or 15 of them. And on the pear tomatoes, those yeah. started coming, and now they're going nuts. They're like all over the place. You are doing way the, better than than us on tomatoes. I'm, I'm on impressed. the tomato plants yeah. here, so really excited about tomatoes right now. Yeah. Oh, look at the broccoli. broccoli. It's getting bigger. Yeah. It's getting there. I'm a couple it's of weeks behind there. you, but you'll I'll show you little bitty starts of the broccoli. So we're getting there. So. <laughs> all right. So um, this is just a shot of the one raised mm -hmm. bed. This is the broccoli and the zucchini. Yeah. And down in the very corner there, yeah. you can kind of see the beets that are, are coming up. Beets that are coming up, yeah. I, I'm just like blown away at the size of these plants now. Mm -hmm. And the funny thing is with the zucchini, they're called space miser. Yeah. Which, the way I understand it, the space miser zucchinis are designed to not grow super big so that you can plant them in smaller spaces. Yeah. But I'm looking at this going, how would that work? Look at the size of the plant. Yeah, they didn't say anything about the plant. They were just talking about mini zucchinis. That's Giant all. plant, but the zucchinis. Yeah. Now, here's the one that's dry, that is just blowing me away. Yeah. These look at look at the the tomato plants. Wow. On this raised bed, it's turned into like a hedge. Yeah. It's, I, it's just insane. And I'm gonna have to tie off the uh, 
the one plant, I, I can't so believe tall. how tall that thing has grown. Yeah. It's not uh, supposed you, to get that tall. You Remember when you put the cage around it and you thought, it'll never use the cage. Oh, no. Like the cage so is a point. joke now. Yeah. So now I've actually got to go out and I've got a tie more twine. I've got on one end mm-hmm. twine tied to the fence right there, that chain link yeah. fence. Now I've got to go and get some twine and pull it the other direction now because it's starting to fall over. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's that's what I've got. By the way, I just want to show you a picture that came in just a few minutes ago. What is that? Who sent? Mike and did? Diane Lockwood sent this <laughs> picture of their of they got the orange guard and there's yeah. uh, there's Mike uh, doing the spraying it in the mouth thing. Mike, you didn't have to do that. I did it so you wouldn't have to. That's hilarious. I love it with the Second Amendment behind them. That's, that's beautiful. Right. Nice. That's Thank right. you for that. We we've been asking about that. When you get your orange guard, take a picture, send it in. We're gonna figure out something special. You know, we're gonna do another drawing. I yeah. like doing those. And you know what? I have to apologize. I've been searching and searching and searching. Mm-hmm. But do you remember? What was it like? Two, three weeks ago, we got a picture of somebody. They had these really cool raised beds that had metal siding on them. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just really slick. And one of those pictures, they had orange guard. I can't find the picture. Oh no. It was like the first one we got. We didn't think we were going to be doing a, a contest and stuff, mm-hmm. so we just showed it. Yeah. But I don't have the picture. So if you well, happen to be li- listening, mm-hmm. please resend me your picture because yeah. we now are now we have somebody that sent them in a picture. We're going to do the contest, mm-hmm. but I don't want to leave yours out. So if you, you whoever you are, you know who I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. You have these really cool raised beds with this like corrugated metal siding on us. Really super cool looking. And mm-hmm. one of the pictures had the orange guard in it. Please resend me that picture. That's Please. awesome. Thank you for yep. doing that. All right. We're about wrapped for, for today's broadcast. So we'll do your garden week. pictures yeah. when we come back and bonus. Yeah. So there is a bonus round uh, for those of you that join us live. And the podcast carries it. Although the pictures you don't get to see unless it ends up on Brideon or now Rumble. Because we're trying to get more Rumble action going, right? Correct. Yeah. So yep. uh, check it out. Share the show. Sign up for the newsletter by texting RSB to 22828. I want to see you at some of these upcoming events, if you don't mind. Autism One's coming up in like nine days. We'll see Lori there. I'm looking forward to that. And then other events that we can join, get together. It's like the weekend at Nutritional Frontiers. Dude, Jamie Dorley, what a gem. A heart-centered man, very spiritually oriented. And the people that he brought together were amazing, beautiful. I mean, it's a very harmonious crowd. And it's a lot of work to put it on to make it feel like so smooth, you know, as you go through it. So thank you for that as well. Remember the code RSB15. Uh, I want to thank Cordy uh, Williams for being back on board today. Also, our new friend, Dr. Jessica Rose. Check out her in the show notes. That was fun. Hope you enjoyed the show. Hope you share the show. And uh, we got our AMA coming up later in the month. We'll talk about that for our Patreon supporters. In the meantime, bonus round, 60 seconds from now for those who are watching live because the power to heal is yours. Okay, bonus round. I get to show some garden picks as well. Uh, I was just messaging my mom, who's in the chat room. If she, I just for, forgot to ask her if she's able to take magnesium every day. She's dealing with some stuff. I want to make sure that that's getting in her. Um, let's see here. Your garden was looking so amazing, honestly. Super D, I'm it's jealous. out of control. Je- even though I'm not a tomato man, I'm jealous <laughs> of your tomatoes. Not really, but I'm happy that you that those tons. Things are There's going, going to be tons yeah. of, of, especially the uh, the the. Uh, pear we, tomatoes. We're gonna have to do our tomatoes yeah. different next year. I just say we we tried last year. A well, little I'll bit, tell you what, man. I mean, yeah. I, I've learned a lot. I really yeah. have. Um, you know, this is like I've made mistakes, and um, now I'm gonna 
do better next next year, next mm-hmm. time. I have learned yeah. some things. So Gretel, yes, me, send um, your garden pictures into Super Don. We like featuring your garden as well. So uh, we're not here to show it off because we're show offs. We I just genuine <laughs> joy of what's happening here, and I'm just as happy if not more so than super D about his garden and what's going growing there. I'm just so amazed. And the broccoli thing, uh, we went out, my wife said, Hey, looks like we got a little bit of start because we're behind super Don on broccoli, but let's see what I just took the pictures. I hardly remember them. I didn't edit them at all. I just sent them to super D right before we went to air today. So go full screen. Let's see what we got here. That's just a, a, a family of sunflowers that are growing nicely. And you can see, um, the, one of the greenhouses behind that, but we, uh, you know, the, the a lot of times this, the birds get the, the, the thing, but I like it. We have a lot of uh, sunflower seeds at the end of the year, and they ends up dropping and growing next year as well. But we found a little area uh, that's going to be, you know, you know, when those things are big and beautiful, we love those sunflowers. So there you go. Let's see. The, this is the uh, uh, symphytum. This is the comfrey. And they started out as little cuttings from Scott and Deb Scherner, our friends. And in front of that are the tomatoes that are growing prolifically as well on the back side. That's the, uh, facing the uh, west side of the house, getting the late day sun. But it's coming through a lot of uh, trees as well. Those are some of the potatoes in the hot greenhouse. Uh, and there's some flowers and the bees are getting in there and doing their thing. So we got some really good growth. Look at all of the sweet peppers. You, see, can you, you can't even count them all. And there's way Those more. Those are bell them. peppers, aren't Those they? are bell peppers, but they're sweet. Okay. And they're going to convert probably red. They could be yellow or, or orange, but I think they're going to be red when I let them on there long enough because we don't like them when they're green. So they'll ripen up. But they Absolutely. are, this, these are going, this is like sweet bell peppers and they're lovely. We love them. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Just a few of the, the green beans. We, it, my wife is barely keeping up, but she is with all the green beans. Bag after bag after bag after bag. She's flashing. <laughs> You're eating green beans for forever. Huh? Yeah, but you know we have them, and it's like st- you can store them. I mean, there's amazing things you can do with green beans, and so that's been prolific. We we planted two different varieties, and we know the one that has done better, so we know even next year not to do the other varieties. But this one has been great. So that's just a little. There's the lettuce, beautiful green and red leaf lettuce. It's just growing. Now we're gonna have to eat a lot of salad because they've come up. There's some more watermelons coming in. And we've got the, the, the cylindrical, or what do you call those that look like larger footballs, and then the round ones. So we got two varieties, and they're doing re- rather well this year, which is nice. And see the little broccoli? Uh-huh. Starting to come there out. There you go. And we have a few now of those. you notice your out. broccoli and my broccoli look the same. Mine was supposed to be purple. Yeah. I don't know what happened. Somebody lied to you when you bought it. I guess. I go back and ask for your money back. I, I wanted know. purple broccoli. I want purple. <laughs> Let's see. Here we got uh, uh, some zucchinis, zucchini. right? Yeah. Uh, and it's not as many yet as we had in previous last year. It was crazy, but it's manageable, which is nice. Uh, let's see what else we got. Those I think are the delicata squash, the squash, and that has grown out of the uh, the you know the hugo culture bed right onto the grass, right on the lawn. As you can see, it's just spread right out, and it's fine. Uh, and they're doing really well. They look really happy. Let's see raspberries finally. I was wondering, these were coming up slowly. This is the first year we transplanted some raspberry plants that were on the property, and they just needed the right area with plenty of sun, and they are just sweet and delicious. They're not huge. There's some varieties that are bigger, but these are like more like wild raspberries, and they're just super delicious, and I'm just go out there and just pick and eat as I please, mm. which is lovely. Yeah, there you go. And then well, there's, there's the blackberries. And every day I'm putting out, you know, little buckets full of, of blackberries, eating some while I'm picking them. And they're just sweet and delicious. 
And again, grateful. I put the rubber snakes around both of the raspberries and the blackberries to keep the birds away. And for the most part, other than the large birds of prey that pick up the snake and drop it when they realize it's not real, uh, uh-huh. the little birds, the little birds are intimidated enough. So it's a great way. Scarecrows don't work, but snakes work. All right. There you go. So thank cool. you for that. Uh, and thank you for indulging us to show you our gardens. And yes, please send pictures of your garden. Send us pictures we'll of yours. Them. We've gotten we've gotten some in the past. Mm-hmm. And as I was looking for that orange guard thing, I was reminded of all the pictures that have been sent to us, mm-hmm. you know, over over time. Uh, but we like to get updates on that. So Ula has a garden. I saw an old picture of of, of, of hers and stuff. So mm-hmm. speaking of Ula, we've got her coming on. She'll be on on Friday. Okay, great. By the way, Mom, magnesium is so key to blood pressure issues. And I know Cardio Miracle helps, but to get more magnesium in you, and if you can't take it internally, there are topical forms of magnesium that you can put on, lotions and things that can absorb through the skin. But uh, when blood pressure is an issue, it's not a deficiency of a blood pressure drug so much as it is more often than not a magnesium deficiency. So uh, look to uh, get started there uh, if anybody's dealing with blood pressure issues. Kathy Herman was the one that sent me the picture of the orange guard, but she sent it to me on Messenger, so that's why I wasn't able to find it. Uh, so, okay. Kathy, no worries. I will go back and find that. It shouldn't be too hard to find. There you are. Mm-hmm. And there's the picture of the orange guard. Got it. Ta-da! So now we have two entrants. All right. Um, to the uh, new contest for the orange guard. Fantastic. Let me... Uh, uh, oh. Let's see here. You know what I was thinking this? Oh, it's yesterday I was out in the garden looking at it with my wife. And we were looking it over. Oh, look at that. That's a great That's shot. That's the picture right there. Orange guard. Awesome. Nice. All right. Thanks, Kathy. I appreciate that. Yeah. I just didn't want to miss that. So as I was overlooking the garden with my wife yesterday, Super D, I was like, mm-hmm. we were looking at it. I'm like, you know, we can make this a lot bigger. <laughs> and I know because remember, as I was touring the garden, you were like, holy crap, that's really big. And I guess what happens is when you do this, you're like, it's not enough. We need to do more. It's yeah. so awesome. Once you, I mean, the hardest part mm. is getting started, as you know. But look right. at what you produced from two raised beds, Super D. You didn't even use the third one, did you? I didn't even use the third one. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I mean, I just don't. You know, I'm, I'm about ready to uh, dig up the Walla Walla onions and see what kind of chaos I've created uh, <laughs> yes. by planting them all together. Right. But I haven't. Uh, picking the greens, I haven't eaten them yet, but uh, okay. the greens that are going up, you can pull those off and mm-hmm. smell them. They smell like onions. Nice. Um, but yeah, I'm yeah. gonna go dig those up and see what happened with those because there's like, I don't know how many there. There's like fifty right. or something all. Now, are together. any? Do you notice that any of your neighbors have a little garden at all, or are you the only one in your area? No. Well, I have one neighbor that's not growing food but he's got a garden a uh he's growing something behind his house i can tell technically you, you can grow cannabis in in, in oregon right he Legally. is yeah <laughs> that's I, what i was referring to yeah. i totally wanted you to grow some and you wouldn't no. do it why no. not dea know. won't raid you will they no i just i don't you know whatever i had i had my cannabis time i did no i'm not talking for smoking i'm talking for eating on a salad raw it, it doesn't make you high cannabis it's good for you dude Dude, I, there's I, so there's many lots good of things other things. I, I'm not, I'm not that adventurous. I guess I don't know. It's not. I don't know anybody who eats it. You know, it's just like you know, that's just that's a you thing. <laughs> Why don't you yeah. grow it? 
I, well, oh, I guess you can. Are, can you? Can't. Where no, you are? Oh, you no, can't. No, no. Oh. Yeah, not yet. It's not there yet. But where you are, okay. as I said, I would grow it for food. Honestly. I, nah, That's I don't know. All right. I don't know. Maybe it's great, but I haven't heard anybody say, oh, it's awesome and you should eat it. Yeah, they don't sell it around here as, as like something to eat. That's why I'm saying because the people are using it wrong or let's say not as comprehensively as I think Maybe it Maybe it doesn't be. taste good. Well, no. Of course, it's like Have dandelion. Have you tried it before? They're, they're, they're bitter. It's dandelion. It's not like dandelion exactly, but it's bitter, but yeah. it's good for you. The point is it's medicinal. Now, maybe in that third, yes, yes, this is what I want you to do. You don't have to, but that third one you didn't <laughs> use, the third raised bed, go yes. ahead and ask your buddy across the street or wherever to for some seeds so you can plant them in there. And I'm yeah, going to say this. He's not growing that kind. He's growing a different kind. doesn't matter, but the point is to remediate. It does matter, food. Robert, because what? if I grow, I, I guarantee what? you 100%. What? I guarantee what? you. What? Bet you a million bucks. What if I did that, yeah, it would disappear. It'd be gone. Somebody would take it. They would. Really? I thought it's so widely available that, that no, it doesn't matter. People would still steal it. Well, the thing is, I want you to do it, yeah. and this is the reason I'm saying it now, just to remediate the soil in the third bed. Yeah. Not for you. If I was going to do it that, it would have to be like in the back where it was guarded. You know, had okay. fence around it or something like that. Because oh. honestly, people will. They will steal those things. Okay. They will, just because people are stupid. So. All right, all right. Well, I tried. Yeah. <sighs> Thanks for indulging. I would have to put it in a pot. Yeah. No pun intended. In the back <laughs> of the uh, of the house. So. Gotcha. So how's that other guy growing it? In the back of his house, in oh. in a in in a covered you know thing and fence. Did you ask him slats. if you can take a leaf to put on your salad to eat raw? No. I have not. You're missing all the fun. This is how you get to know your neighbors. Oh, I know him really well. He's my landlord. Oh, okay. <laughs> so he so should, anyway. He should be happy if you're growing it on that property then. No. Okay. Uh, all right. Okay, I'll, leave, I'll let it go for now. All right, thank you. Uh, the the uh, IGF-1 is at keystolife.shop, and it, what's the discount code? Is it just RSB or is RSB in a number? I never remember these things. You know, I draw a blank on that one too. This, this stuff's rocking. If you want to build some muscle and lose some fat, lean I body weight, I think it's Bell, is what I believe. Just it Bell, is. okay. Yeah. I always gotta, so keys to life shop. Get some of that IGF one plus and go work out and prove it to yourself. It's amazing. Get a good discount there as well. And let's see, what else? Any other questions or comments coming through the chat room? Good show today. Not like usual. Unlike most shows, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see here. DJ Kitty Organic says I would have to hide it. Yeah, I would. See, she She's, knows what I'm talking about. She says she knows many people who eat cannabis, though. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't have an interest. You just don't know. There's what so many other things you can eat that are good for you. Why? Why pick that one? Because it's like super rich in a lot of things that support then, it. Then, then, then if it's so good for you, you'd figure out how to eat it. Well, that's you'd what be I'm a saying. rebel. You would be rebellious and eat it anyway, like well, raw milk. Well, right? here's how I eat it. Here's how I eat it. Nutritional Frontiers Organic. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. true. Um, let's see. Gretel says that that uh, her her broccoli failed. Hmm. How, does it just not come out at all? Uh, Steven says nothing worse than broken broccoli. <laughs> Do don't break bit do you remember that bit who was it it was uh oh what was the name of the guy that was on snl that that was uh, the other half of 
um, Wayne's World. What's it? Dana Carvey. Remember yeah. he he did that bit uh, chopping broccoli. Yes, of course. On I the, on the piano, oh, yeah, <laughs> chopping was, broccoli. Chopping broccoli. Yes, that was awesome. Gretel painted mandela mandalas on the mm-hmm. sides of her raised beds to bring in more good energy. That seems like a, a cool hippie thing to do. It does. What Dude, about was, yeah? You know that was the other thing about Jessica Rose today. Mm-hmm. That it was like before it because I you took off to go take pictures of your garden. I was chatting yeah. with her. Okay, and we were talking about surfing and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff and like that. And we got to talking about because I spent. I spent as much time as I could there for a while after I had graduated high school, just hanging out in Santa Cruz, hmm. California. Big surfing yeah. community. But you and, didn't surf. Um, I didn't surf because I have a thing about water because I almost drowned when I was a kid. Yeah, so. Right, I remember. But I looked the part. Okay. Okay. Looked I like looked it. the part, but I was kind of a poser. <laughs> uh, I was. I you know I couldn't help it. But it was a, just in talking with her about it and stuff like that. I was just like. I totally would have hung out with you in high school. I mean, you're you're like, you know, she's like saying dude and stuff. And yeah. I'm just like, you could just tell she's just she's just she's cut from that cloth. You can just tell by by looking at somebody and talking to somebody, it, it's completely obvious. And I was just like, wow, I have not talked to somebody like that in a long time. Mm-hmm. That was just that was just really cool. Hey, you want me to get uh, conspiratorial for a moment? Just a thing that occurred to me, like far out. And not uh, for us, maybe, but not for some circle. Far out, man. Okay. Well, I'm just I'm throwing it out. I'm not saying. All right. No, no, it's all right. I'll, all I'll right. put on my tinfoil. Go ahead. This is related to the the raid of the Trump Mar-a-Lago to get documents or something. Uh, I haven't read much about it, but I know that it's really caused an uproar. Yeah. So what? Do, what say if a so-called powers that be scenario have laid all of this out? Yeah, and Trump's in on it somehow, right? We talk about. You know, oh, he's so all right. Real totally, quick, though, for for people yeah. who don't know what you're talking about right now, yeah, yeah, what happened? The Department of Justice got I don't know who who got uh, a warrant to search for apparently specific documents that they said Trump was uh, illegally. I read something about uh, declassified uh, documents that right. he took with him or something, something like that. Yeah. yeah. And so, whatever you think about Trump, this is not this is not technically about. It's just a scenario. Mm-hmm. So, if we look at the the control of everything, the dynamic of you don't you think you get to vote for who's president, but they actually select it, right? And then you get to vote for who they selected that you get to vote for. Kind of like what we saw with the Ron Paul thing. And and so the fix is in. They did this disaster called Biden and whatever they're doing to get Trump in for the next round again, and this facilitates to some degree more fanaticism to get Trump in because he's been wronged even more. Now, I know this is far out for some. I'm not saying it's I just, you know, one of these things is I try to look at it from different viewpoints to try to explain what's going on and why. What were the purpose for this? And it's really rallying people around Trump that are maybe a, had abandoned Trump a bit and going, oh, well, now he, I know he's in because they're doing this to him. And so right. I just throw that out there as a consideration. That's well, and, and let's take I'll take it even a, a step further. Okay. Um, because I have, I have seen some things, mm-hmm. even though I haven't really focused on it. I have some, seen some things. Yeah. There are, there are some theories going on around mm-hmm. this whole thing that he took particular things, uh, because he was going to expose something at some point, mm. um, perhaps in an effort to 
aid his campaign maybe or or something that he had he had some things that he had declassified because the way i understand it is like if you're the president you can just declass you can declassify stuff that's yeah. one of the things you can do as a president uh you may not necessarily be able to take them home with you but you are you are able to declassify things so the idea is that there were documents he quote declassified yeah which is with his, him with his prerogative and purview apparently stuck into a safe yeah in his house because apparently one of the things i read was that they got in there and mm -hmm. cracked a safe that he had in his house yeah um but in, and and the theory is that what it was that he took home that he had was something that may be damaging to somebody yeah the government yeah deep sure. state whatever well, right that, that could be again another legitimate possibility well it would make sense right that if they got wind of the fact that he had done that what would they do they're yeah. going to go get that stuff right yeah so yeah but i don't I, know I, all the ins and outs of the whole thing uh, i will tell you that jonathan emore has written an article over at town hall yeah about it um, yeah. about it and mm -hmm. that will most definitely be so sure, we'll probably the lead the story yeah, on, on thursday. thursday yeah unless something else yeah. breaks no but uh Good stuff, dude. Good stuff to talk about. Lots of stuff to talk about. Really great new guest, as well as having Cordy back on to hear how he's doing, considering what he's gone through running for Senate out of California. Good learning opportunities and teaching opportunities. What do we got tomorrow coming up? Well, let's take a look at that. Tomorrow is Wednesday. It'll be my last day before I take off. You hey. hmm. Uh uh, let's see here. We'll be doing the simulcast tomorrow in the first hour with Sherry Belmar. And yeah. that is for, it was actually, if you got today's newsletter, there was a, uh, a banner for that that you could click on to register for the uh, event that she's got going on called Optimal Health Beyond COVID. Mm -hmm. and I think you Jim, Jim Meehan was on today. Was he? Oh, cool. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Nice. So am I on tomorrow or something? You're on tomorrow and you'll be, I guess you'll be doing it. And now help me understand here. When we are doing the simulcast tomorrow, is that going to be your presentation, or is that that's going a, to be? That's a Sherry Belmar question. Ha, I'm hoping. Well, I guess we'll I find out. It's going to be an interesting thing. We'll find out. Yeah. And then uh, I haven't confirmed yet to see whether Ty is going to be available tomorrow. But if he is, then we'll be on with him. He's on right now. I think I'll just message him. Okay. Are you on for two? No. You know, I hate what? caps lock. I never learned how to like type. You know. Yes. So you don't. So it's like I don't. It's like, and I'll have the you look at the keyboard, and, like, and you don't know. Yeah. And people are like, "Why are you shouting at me?" I'm like, "Whoops, I'm sorry." Yeah. Anyway, are you on for tomorrow? So let's see if he answers really mm -hmm. quick. So anyway, Ty, if Ty's not on, there's obviously stuff going on that we can talk about. And I'm just looking at something here. I know that the 24th, the Wednesday, is going to be an encore because uh, I'm going to hike to the top of a mountain with my daughter and her class. Uh, What's the name? Oh, yeah. Okay. And, and, but the 17th is interesting. I just got invited to go out mountain biking on that day up in uh, oh. really the kind of mountain biking that I've never done where they, they take your bike up on like a ski lift and you go to the top of the mountain and you ride it down. And it's sort of like it's cheating because you don't have to ride it up. But it sounds like you'd be on a roller coaster time and time and time again. Hmm. So, so would you need to take that day off? I'm debating. I'm looking at that Wednesday. We do I'm have a guest that day. We'd have to reschedule. We'd have to reschedule. I know. I'm looking at the 17th, and I'm like, dude, you know, I was just talking to Cordy about the idea of having fun, taking time, you know, to do stuff. 
And so, and I'm thinking of taking, I'm, I'm pretty committed to this. If my kids want to go to take them to an amusement park this weekend of some kind, we haven't done that forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so trying to find now the, the Thursday, Friday trip, is that going to be fun for you too? A little bit? Yeah. I mean, it's all work. Why not? I mean, no, I mean, it's, it, I, I'm going to be going to go see my, see my son. Okay. Um, and so it, it will be, you know, it's, it's a six hour, seven hour drive ish, okay. um, that we'll do on Thursday. And then, yeah, we'll just be kind of hanging out. It's kind of a, a cool town. Um, and there's, there's stuff to, is it like a, a Western style town you're going to or what? No, it's kind of like an oasis in the middle of the high desert. Uh, because it's it's all high Eastern okay. Oregon is all high desert, and yeah. so and it's right on the uh, border of Idaho, actually. In fact, one time when we went we went we got going down the street and didn't make the right uh, correct turn or something like that, and suddenly we were in Idaho. We were like, "How did we get here?" <laughs> we had to had to turn around and go back. I knew I should have taken that left turn. Yeah. Quickie. And then the following week, mm-hmm. I'm just looking at this here. It's August, August 18th. Yeah. That's um, that's my 21st anniversary. Dude, 21 yeah. years. You're catching up. Yeah. So do you have any plans for that? I think I'm going to be at Autism One on that day, the 18th. Yeah, it's the first day of Autism One, so I, yeah. guess, I, I guess I should plan something. Huh? Yeah, shh. should do something. <laughs> I'm, I'm horrible. Hey get, her a, hey, get her a vacuum cleaner. That's what I do. A bowling ball. There you go. Hey. Yeah. yeah. Never live that one down. Nope. All right. Yeah. Well, the one I'm going to has nothing to do with Disney or anything like that, Leslie. Just if that matters. It's just like <laughs> it's a generic one with lots of coasters and fun stuff, uh, thrill rides and things. And the kids like it. So we'll see. I don't know if I will anymore, but we'll try. All right. Let's see. Any other questions, comments before we wrap it up for the day? Uh, let's see here. Leslie Ann says she doesn't feel like all caps is shouting. She says huh. the ideology is ridiculous in all caps. All right. Um, yeah. No, I know, but some people are just like, that's the way they interpret it. So mm-hmm. I, I try and be courteous and retype it. Yeah. Um, Motion sickness on coasters. Yeah. If you, if you don't do coasters i mean that's the big thrill of most of dude i love coasters you do i yeah. can't do the i can't do the rides that spin around yeah. it's like you go to disneyland dude i'll ride any roller coaster i get a huge uh uh rush yeah from roller coasters love them mm-hmm. uh go to disneyland try and ride on like the teacups you know or something yeah. like that forget about it because uh, well, it- <laughs> when i was a kid yeah did you throw up i got on the gravitron at at uh at one of the the county fairs or something like that right if you're not familiar with what the gravitron in is it, it, it's the most evil ride there is it, it's like you you get in and you you stand up you know you're, you're leaning up against the wall and the thing starts spinning super fast and and the thing that you're on it's like a pad and it's got wheels and you can and it slides up you've gotten g-forces like crazy right holding you to the wall i thought it would be really cool i'm gonna impress everybody right yeah yeah so i'm gonna sit up Right, you know, yeah. as the thing is doing this thing, and all the blood right went from my head down to oh, my feet, God. and it screwed up my middle ear. Oh, so yeah. now it's like my Riley, my granddaughter, will come in and she'll try and spin me around in my chair, and I'm just like, no, don't do it. No, yeah, it'll it'll make me sick, it'll make me dizzy, yeah. and I hate it. So anyway, 
Um, yeah. But roller coasters, love them. Mm-hmm. I, I have not ridden a roller coaster that has that you know was a bad experience. Okay, the, the crazier well, the better. I remember some years ago going back to you know coasters and getting off, and particularly the ones that were the wooden ones, and just which are the best, the jar you. But the thing is, I I got yeah. off of them and I was like, dude. I don't remember my neck hurting when I used to ride these things when I was a kid. Oh, so that yeah. changed. But now that I've been doing, you know, the kind of kickboxing intensity stuff, I'm thinking, will I be stronger like when I was younger to be able to do those rides and not be affected that way? I'm going to I'm going to yep. see if I, I'll do that with the kids. The wooden roller coaster. In fact, we were just talking Santa Cruz. They have one there. That was yeah. just like the, the, the coolest. The, the wood ones are great. Those are the ones that, that are too harsh. For old people, I think. Oh, well, you know what? I'll be honest with you. It's you been a really a long time since I've ridden on one, so your maybe it would kind of kick my butt. Your, yeah. yeah. So I like now the smoother ones where I can throw my head back and just hold it there so that it doesn't do the crazy adjustments that a chiropractor has to fix. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're so fun. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Oh, man. All right. Bonus time is cool. Yeah. I love the commentary. Christie's got good commentary on Biden, and yeah. yeah, look, we're. I don't think we suffer the foolishness that that Q tried to induce uh, here on this show. But even the concept, as Cordy was talking about, political saviors. It's just like we, you know, how many times do we go through it? Lucy removes the football, and we wake up and go, we can't keep doing this, right? Leslie Leslie says that she, when she was a kid, she would take Dramamine. Mm, to go to, to Sierra Point or Great America. Great America? Which Great America? Because we had a Great America in uh, California where I lived. It was in, in um, it was by San Jose. I can't remember. Was it Cedar that. Point? Isn't that in uh, Sandusky, Ohio or something? Is that the know. same place? Yeah. I don't know. That's my memory. I've never been there, but I know people that were up there would talk about it. Yeah. There was a Marriott's a Great America. I think it's still there, but it's it's Paramount now or something. Yeah. But, Cedar um, Point, huh? Yeah, so that's the one in, in Sandusky, Ohio. That is it. I've heard that, you know, it's a good roller coaster park, apparently. Yeah. Dude, I it's love roller coasters. Yeah. You got me wanting to ride one now. Well, I'll let you know how I do if it, if it happens this weekend. And uh, we'll talk about coming Wednesday. I got to make a decision on that. Oh, uh, Great America was in Chicago and Dallas. Okay. Well, maybe it was part of the same thing. Oh, that was yeah. Six Flags Great America, I think. They have that. You know, there's a Six Flags not that far from here, to be really? honest Really? Where is that? I don't know. I can't remember where it's at. It's like between here and like going to like Eugene or Bend or something like that. I have to okay. look it up and see so where it's where up it's five at. north on the five once you get I back. I think so, to- yeah. We've driven by it a few times. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I can't, dude, I'm like totally like thinking about roller coasters now. <laughs> I want to go. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll fun. see how I do. Anyway, okay. thanks, y'all. I love uh, reminiscing on things with you as well. Our uh, AMA for our patron supporters, and, and there we have openings for more patrons if you want to be part of uh, all the behind-the-scenes stuff. Yes, indeed. And that's uh, the 27th of August, a Saturday, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. is our next one via Zoom. Alrighty then. Autism One coming up next, and then we'll see you at one or all of these places. So... And, God willing, 22 hours or less from now. Can't make it, Captain. Sorry. Tell RSB, lo siento and mia culpa. I'm tied up all day, so there will be no tie Bollinger tomorrow. No tie tomorrow. Oh, so, all right. We might might miss him for three weeks in a row if I take the next two Wednesdays off. We'll see. See what happens. We shall see. All right, guys. 
thanks for tuning in. Oh, wait a minute, I got to turn it off. Yeah, uh, off the air officially now. Thanks for being here, y'all. Lots of love, lots of hugs, lots of adventures. Hopefully, lots of laughter and happiness in the midst of all the other stuff. And gardening. See you tomorrow. Bye. And gardening. Gardening. <laughs>